First-time debit card users are also included in the cashback fund. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. That'll wake you up. This is uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Oof. Ooh, episode 60, I think? Wow, time is just flying by, folks. It is a uh, it's a year anniversary of the show. That's crazy. Um, so right up top, thank you guys um, for allowing me to keep doing this. It's amazing. I, I've met so many cool people in this last year. I've talked to so many people, met so many of you guys. Uh, so it's all been just really, really amazing. I know I said last episode... Uh, if you've gotten around to listening to it yet, that I was taking this week off because of my friend's wedding, I you know I couldn't do that. So this is going to be a shortened episode, and by shortened I mean like two and a half hours. So it's nice and manageable for a week I was going to take off. I probably will will end up taking off next week, uh, and I don't mean you know take. I'll still do my Patreon episodes, but um, I probably won't do the main show. But I'll still be doing interviews to collect for the next week because I got some really uh, cool guests coming up and exciting things that I want to do. And I'll be I'll be here for you for the election, which is twelve days away. Wee! 
But anyways, this is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. If you have not listened to it before, here's how it works. Uh, these are usually a long-form podcast. This is still a long pa- podcast today, so use the timestamps. You can skip around. I know um, it is one of the crazier things that I chose to do was uh, do these long podcasts. Um, so today we have an amazing show, actually, it, you know, and the reason why I played that song drops, uh, drops of Jupiter by train, because by the way, train is to me counting crows light. Like they want to be counting crows so bad, but they can't be counting crows folks. They just can't. But, uh, train, I always make fun of because I think I saw them once show up on the bachelor and like what 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 the bachelor the show will do is that they'll like all of a sudden pull up on some event and all of a sudden like kind of like a I don't know not a shitty band but like you know one of those bands it's like we're playing a ninety eight point you know it's like one of those pop kind of bands that everybody a little vanilla they always like show up and then the bachelor and their little date has to dance around to it you know train to me is the perfect bachelor band. It's like they always are like, ladies and gentlemen, train. And one of my guests today, Moni, which you guys know, mixing with Moni uh, from the podcast, she is on. And we go into this season of The Bachelorette um, and we talk about those moments of bringing bands in because I was wondering if they're going to make a band quarantine because the whole show of The Bachelorette takes place during quarantine. So it's kind of this interesting social experiment because all these guys are trapped in one location. They can't go to these fancy locations. They're just in one La Quinta Resort in Palm Springs. So they're kind of having to act like instead of going to these exotic locales, it's just a hotel. You know? <laughs> so I was like, how are they going to get a shitty band in there? Um, so, yeah. So the show today uh, is going to be great because I have a couple people. Uh, I have Monty. And then I don't know if you guys know the Instagram account Brands by Bravo. Uh Awesome, awesome account, but she, uh, Danielle, uh, is her name, and she was involved in this, uh, this kerfluffle with Erica Jane this week. I don't know if you guys know about this, but if you don't, we're going to explain it all to you. So I get to have a conversation with her about this and about some Bravo things, and she's just such a great person, and, uh, I think it's a really, it's a really great story because it just... It's I, it's mine. It, to me, what happened is mind-boggling. You'll see Erica Jane kind of gave her crap and kind of stole one of her memes. And just so you folks know, a meme is what I do on Instagram a lot of the times. It's where you take an image. I'll take an image from uh, some kind of Real Housewives thing, and then I'll put a phrase on top of it or make a funny picture out of it. Um, so, you know, like, so uh, last week when on Real Housewives of Potomac where Candace's husband, Chris, was like, just stop, just stop. Like, I took that with the just stop, and then the meme was me to myself to stop eating. Cause, and so that's like, hey, 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 you know, it's like you're just putting funny thoughts and pictures together. It's really remedial, but I, I seem to, I really enjoy it. So, and, and Danielle is amazing at it. So you are going to love to hear from her. Then I have Moni, and um, yeah, that's it. I mean, my, uh, I'm leaving today for my friend's wedding. I'm officiating a wedding on Saturday. It's a socially distanced wedding, 20 people. Uh, I wish it was bigger because I like to perform to a bigger crowd. I think that's just more, more chance for me to promote the podcast. But 20 people, I'll do it. Sure. Why not? Why not? Right. Hey, if this, this might lead to other things, maybe somebody will see me there and go, who is this kid? I want this kid to marry my daughter, or I want this kid 
to come to a podcast on my huge podcast network. You never know what opportunity is going to arise, folks. I think we all know to always take every opportunity given to you. Say yes to life. <laughs> um, as always, if you want to support, please leave a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you subscribe there. Um, and also take time to catch up on past episodes. These are really long things. I think all of these episodes are uh, really worthwhile, not in the sense of what I'm saying, but in the sense of the people that I'm interviewing. I talk to so many people that have found other podcasts through this podcast, and that is some, that's the coolest thing that I can hear sometimes, that and you're handsome and you have beautiful blue eyes. But, but besides, that's the main thing is the podcast thing. So it's really, really gratifying. And I got some new people to, to uh, highlight coming up and some, some stars. There's going to be some stars. There's some stars in the future. Um, and uh, if you guys know anybody that you'd like me to talk to, if you have a relationship with anybody out there in the Bravo-verse or even the pop culture-verse, send them my way. I can promise them a fun interview that they can cut things out if they don't like to say it. But, you know, you never know. I want to try to interview as many people as possible because I really enjoy doing this. Uh, also, uh, if you want to support um, even further than that, you can always subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Uh, right now we're covering this season of Don't Be Tardy with my good friend Maritza Lopez, who does a lot of the amazing digital work, uh, digital image work on the Instagram page, and she's just amazing. So we do that, and she's one of my BFFs. And I'm also doing uh, OC on there. I'm recapping OC. And actually, the first episode was actually really fun to recap. Uh, I'm trying not to highlight that show as much on the regular pod. But it's there if you are guys are big OC fans. Go over to the Patreon. It's there. Uh, it's great. I think you'll have a lot of fun. And there's some special surprises. Also, I was going to throw in, I am going to do a So Bad It's Good mixtape every month. I think I'm going to put the first one on here, and then I'll probably move it over to the Patreon the next month. Um, and uh, so I might just like throw that out at some point in the next couple of days on the main feed. And it'll just be like a lot of the songs that I'll play on the show, but then a lot of songs I'm listening to now, and it'll just be a hodgepodge. But it'll be kind of like a mixtape. It'll be like some fun songs, some sad songs, and uh, just stuff that I really have loved through the years or stuff that I'm discovering. A lot of people wrote in to say that, that they would be interested in that. So, um, yeah. And also, uh, the website uh, still working on. So that'll be there, and I think you'll be able to put your email address. So eventually I could even just mail you the uh, the mixtapes or I, who knows. Come, I need a producer. Come produce me, please. Too many balls in the fire. That's not even how you say It's too many too many balls in that. What, what is that phrase? Ah, when you get old, the first thing to go is you don't, if you stop remembering phrases. Um, how are you guys? You guys good? You guys good? It's a stressful. It's going to be a stressful couple of weeks, right? But we got each other. We're together. We are. Uh, we're bonded in this pop culture that we love so much. So I hope you guys are okay. I hope your families are okay. Oh my God, I forgot to... So you guys, I got like 70 cards, I think, from my parents. And that's... Thank you to each and every one of you. I will be making my parents thank each and every one of you as well as I will be thanking each and every one of you. Uh, Their 50th wedding anniversary is on Halloween. We're going to be celebrating it this week when I'm back in Arizona for officiating the wedding. And I cannot wait to surprise them. It really warmed my heart. I was was honestly, I was shocked. Like, you know, it, it just... From the bottom of my heart, I know I say thank you a lot. Thank you for that. Thank you for that because I 
will not have to buy them a uh, physical gift now. <laughs> no, I just, it really does. It may, it, it really, I was just, you guys are the fucking best audience. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me when I don't believe in myself sometimes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, and by the way, I always crack up because these openings get so personal now. And like for the casual listener that just like pops by for the first time, they're like, what? Um, so this is the other thing. If if you guys, I can't collect uh, cards anymore. I don't know if any more are going to be coming in. But uh, if for some reason you did want to still send a card before Halloween, this is uh, an address you can send it to that will go directly to them in Arizona. 3546 East Ravenswood Drive, Gilbert, Arizona, 85298. Uh, you can always DM me too. Also, uh, but don't, uh, don't dox them. I just, somebody reminded me about doxing and don't dox me either. I don't think we have to worry about that. I mean, maybe now that I'm saying it now, I'll get doxed, but like, I don't know if you'd like dox, dox me with gifts. Don't dox me with like trying to like send like rabbits heads or something like that to my door. But anyways, I trust you guys. You guys are good, uh, good peeps and, uh, have always been amazing to me. So thank you for being amazing to my parents as well. That, that's just huge. Um, so yeah, there's not going to be really, these are just going to be two straight interviews. I'll pop by to say hi, uh, in between the interviews. And then, uh, I'm going to get out of here cause I got to, uh, I got to pack cause your boy likes to wait till the very last second to do anything. You got me? You feel me? Okay, good. Um, okay. So without further ado, here is my friend, Danielle from, uh, you will know her as at brands by Bravo and go follow that account right now. And then I'll see you guys afterwards. Bye. All we wanted to do is party. Woo! Buy everybody at the bar party. Black Barbie dressed in Bacardi. Uh, I'm trying to leave in somebody's uh, Ferrari. Spread love, that's what a real mob do. Keep it gangster, look out for the people. people. I'm the wicked bitch of these. You better keep the peace. Hey, or out come the beast. We the best, there was room for improvement. Our presence is felt like a black panther movement. Seven quarter to eight, back to back. And I'm sitting on chrome seven times. So that's for my Uh, you guys are sick of hearing me tell you this, but you know how deep I am into Instagram. It is an obsession, and I think so many great things happen through Instagram. I've met some of the best people. I've met some of the funniest people, some of the most thoughtful people, and the people that love all the stuff that we love. And today, we are really lucky to catch on the fly uh, somebody that incorporates all of these great things about Instagram. Uh, she was involved in a little bit of a kerfluffle, if you will, this uh, <laughs> this this week. And I, I can't wait to hear the story from her mouth because you guys are going to flip. If you, I tell you that I should, I'm advertising for Instagram all the time. You guys need to get on, but something amazing happened this week and we're going to break it down. Uh, so I want to welcome Danielle. Uh, you might know her better as at Brands by Bravo. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, so let me get, I get started. When did you start the Instagram account? Because you're one of the Instagram accounts that posts Bravo memes, funny Bravo memes. It's really I think simple. It was November of last year. 
November of last year. Okay. So yeah, I think, yeah, November last year, I, I made it over Thanksgiving break when I was bored. <laughs> and it, and it's because and it was right after BravoCon, because that's what inspired me. It was BravoCon. Did you go to BravoCon? I did not, but that's when I discovered there was Bravo fan accounts. I know. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they existed. I just followed the Bravo celebrities. It's a shocking then, day when you find out that there's Bravo meme accounts and you're yes, like, I, you so and I can do this. Basically that's what happened. I was eagerly searching for any content from BravoCon because I wasn't there. And so many people were live streaming it who were, and that's just a kind of snowballed from there. And then I was like, maybe I could do this. I've been watching Bravo for 10 plus years. Was that, that's the, so you're a huge <laughs> Bravo fan, right? Yes. And I have no one in my regular life who watches Bravo. So now all of a sudden it was like one day I found this community of Bravo obsessed people. And I was like, I must insert myself in this. That's like, it. Exactly. I'm friends with these people. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I remember I didn't even know like Facebook groups and all that stuff existed. And then all of it, like, I was like, Oh my God, these people have been here the whole time talking about the stuff that I love. So the, okay. So you started this account. Do you remember your first meme? Oh, man. Well, the reason the name is Brands by Bravo is because I was like, I have to think of like a unique idea in my yeah. mind. And I wanted to really just like at first focus on all the Bravo celebrity brands because there's so many and I'm so fascinated by like the ones that are successful, the ones that are terrible. So I don't think I made a meme for a while because I just was posting about that. But then I made a meme and then that one got like a lot of likes. And I was like, oh, people like this. Okay, let me make more of these. So I'd have to, I'd have to go back. I literally just went back and looked, and my first meme was a picture of Lisa Rinna flipping the camera off that says, when someone says they don't like dusters. <laughs> that was my first meme. <laughs> and look how far you've come. Now. Yep, it has 17 likes. <laughs> That's perfect. That's Okay, starting starting from scratch into you have to. Okay, so um, cut, flash forward to this week and 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 i try to talk like I'll, always with the podcast i'll try to talk people through the creative process of instagram of like there's certain posts you like you think about and then there's certain posts that just come to you in like a flash right like they're just like that's oh absolutely God. how it works yeah it's like really simple and it's like there's certain posts that take forever to put together and then they don't do anything or nobody really and then there's certain posts that you don't even think you're like oh that's pretty basic and then it turns out to be like big so mm -hmm. Your idea just to is that, you know, somebody had pointed out that three of the ladies were wearing the same. You had Robin from Potomac, uh, Erica Jane and Lisa Renner were all wearing like Lisa. Wait, is that the three? Yeah. Lisa, Erica and Robin. And yeah, so a few people asked about Garcelle. She was in a pink dress jacket thing, but it wasn't the same exact one. Hers was velvet. See, okay, mystery is solved there, folks. Because uh, <laughs> a few people uh, were like, "Why did you leave Garcelle out?" But why did you leave? Because I, I hate Garcelle. I hate Garcelle. It just uh, wasn't the exact same one. No, that's. I mean, the attention to detail is what we love. So they <laughs> they put the you put the three uh, pink outfits together and you compared them to the pink ladies and you put a picture of Rizzo and like, you know, three pink ladies uh, underneath that image and you threw it up there and it's a really clever, uh, it's a clever thought, right? Like that's all you think is like you put it out there and it'll be like, make somebody laugh. Right? Yeah. That's really all it was. And actually it was Bravo TV's image that I used, which I did tag. If and you tagged. Tag, yes. I tagged them, which like they don't need my tag. But yeah, but they're like, think what if Bravo TV, where's our tag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they put the image together and then I saw it and it was just like the first thing I thought of 
and then oh. that's where the, I'm a die. I love Greece. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was so in the Greece musical in high school. I played Kanicki. Are you like? I was... played Jan. Oh, do... well, you know, it's a it's... dessert wine. Isn't, well, isn't it crazy? It's like the actual Greece musical is not tons like the movie. It's very different. The musical yes. compared to the movie. And my high school director tried to write the movie and make it on stage. It was like a complete oh, mess. It was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you put this out and just like anything that you put out, like you don't, ex- I don't expect much from anything, you know, right? Like you don't, uh, you don't expect anything from it. So you tagged Erica Jane in it, right? Yeah, I tagged, tagged all, all those ladies. ladies. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens? I did not here? tag the um, women who played the actresses from Greece. Wait, yeah, yeah. Stalker Channing hasn't come after you yet. Yeah. Like, yes, I did uh, not. <laughs> I think so, one might have passed away. Actually, <laughs> for us, rest in power. Um, yes. So you put this out here, and then what kind of happens from there? Yeah, I did it like eleven p.m., which was I don't know why. Again, yeah. I truly. I don't put much thought into it. And by the way, 11 p.m. They would say is like maybe not even the best time to post something in terms of like like, casual I am about my Instagram. Like I can't, I can't really figure out like when's the good time to post. But like you know, I you know I'll post like middle of the night, which is usually not even supposed to you know matter at all. But you can't. I need to get these thoughts out of my head. Yeah, the algorithm is such a mess. I don't even try to pay attention to it. So I just posted it, and then I woke up in the morning. And I signed on Instagram, and the first thing I saw was comments by Bravos. They were literally the first post on my page. And I was like, holy shit, that's my meme. Yeah. Oh, my God, did someone comment on my page? Because comments by Bravo is a really cool, big Instagram account that, Mm -hmm. like, you know, puts up, you know, other people's posts on their thing and comments underneath it, right? Yeah, and I've been reposted by them, like, one or two times, and they're always so nice. And I was like, oh, my God, who commented? Like, how did they see this before I did? So then I went to my page and I was like, oh, it's not my page. And then I looked, I was like, oh my God, Erica posted my picture. And like, I've never been reposted by a uh, Bravo, Bravo Liberty. Yeah. So then I go to it and then I was like, wait, she took my <laughs> caption and my picture. I'm like that sucks. I was like, why didn't she tag me? And she did it like an hour after I posted, like I looked at the time and mine said like nine hours ago posted and her said eight. And I was like, well, that sucks. So I was like, let me just like comment to her and be like, yeah. hey, did you not realize? Like, I think I wrote like, I might have written twice, but I literally was like in bed. And also in my head, she has 2.2 million followers. Yeah. She's not going to see one comment. So that's why I was like, I have to write two comments. Yeah. And then I commented on comments by Bravo because I was like, hey, this is my meme. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, maybe she'll see it in one or two places. And I like put it on my story because I was like, again, I assume they get a gazillion messages. They probably won't see it. Like it's really hard yeah. to keep up with messages and all of that. So that's why I wrote like I think two or three times. And then I just like got up and started to get ready for my Monday work day. And I'm like <laughs> making breakfast. And actually I'm in like a Facebook group. So I just like posted in there too. And I was like, oh my God, guys, like Erica reposted my meme, but she didn't tag me i was like can you like the photo on my page or something like yeah 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 yeah. and by the way okay just and what and what was your photo i mean do you remember in likes like i mean i'm sure erica james was in the thousands by the time you woke up definitely definitely and, i don't know what mine was probably like in the hundreds or yeah the likes it was just like hold up like, no no but i think the, the it's exact it's, edit and the exact name thing that i wrote and you're just acting like it's your joke because then I see people, oh my God, how funny, what a great reference. And I was like, 
you didn't make the reference. I made the reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so comments so comments by Bravo also posted your your whole uh, dialogue and it was, hey, that's my photo. Can you credit me, please? And she she writes back. This is where it gets crazy. This is I need to get your exact feeling when you read. She writes, actually, it's not your photo. It's Bravo and Paramount's photo. But OK, cute meme, though. And what do you think? What goes through your mind when you read that? Because you can hear it, it in her name. Cute meme now. You can hear it in that kind of nasal voice. I mean, I read it and I was just like, what? Like, that was literally when I was like, wait, she wrote back and that's what she said? I was like, that's weird. Because it would have like, been really easy at that point to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. This is amazing. And just tag you really quick. I mean, the only outcomes I saw was ignoring me or tagging me. And just so, think of anything else. just so people know at home, you can't edit the photo, but you can edit who you're tagged. You can edit the caption. So it's really easy. It's not hard to do it all. Yes. And then you write back. I know that, but the meme and the caption were my idea. I'm a huge fan of yours. See, she even puts, I'm a huge fan of yours <laughs> and nearly passed out when I saw you posted my meme. I just want to credit for it. And in my post, I credited Bravo for the photo. Thanks. So really nice. You use exclamation points. And then she writes back. The way to get more credit for your quote unquote ideas is to come up with your own and stop leaving comments on my page about how you feel wronged. These images do not belong to you. Now go make some interesting shit that I can promote. <laughs> like what? Like what? that's when it's like loses me into like, oh, and then she goes, then she goes at brands by Bravo. Actually at Kyle Richards, 18 took this pick of at Lisa Rinna and me. So, and then she goes, be happy. People will now check out your page. Isn't that what you wanted credit? Well, here it is, which is just now it's like a full on, like what's like, it's like, I don't even. I burned my breakfast. I was trying to make eggs. I forgot to add cheese to it. I was just so, <laughs> I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even see it. It was again, I remember I told you I posted in the Facebook group. So I went back and checked that and someone commented there and was like, holy shit, she wrote back to you again. And I was like, what? So uh, that is like what triggered me to look again. I was like, I don't have notifications on for Instagram on my phone. So that's smart. I, yeah. it, I, don't, I don't see. So I probably wouldn't have gone back and looked at least for like another hour. So yeah. So I read that and I just was like, what did I do? Like what? And, and, and then. Richard definitely did not take the picture of robin that's what i was like i was like that's the thing that confused me too was like kyle richard like what are you talking like this is a professional yeah. photo so then it, then you the kind of ends with well starts to end at this you see you write <laughs> this this feud is now as exciting as this past season of real housewives of beverly hills which is like a, that's that's a great line that's <laughs> and she she writes to you back actually both are boring <laughs> Which I love that she, I love that she like admits. Skated over I love that she, she admits. That. She's like, yes, the yes. show was boring. It was boring. Thank <laughs> you for pointing that out. And she goes, "This is no feud, but a lesson that you do not own others' images and then want credit for them." And uh, and then somebody else popped in, going, "She's really out here fighting with fan accounts." <laughs> and then she, then Erica jumps in. Actually, they started with me and I have time this morning. I imagine she has time every morning. I don't think she's like, I mean, like Mikey, there's not any looks here going. Okay. So, and the other thing I read yesterday was that somebody put this theory out that she was demoted to friend of as a housewife and she must be angry, but yeah, I think that like, that's I a complete, 
that's you know, not proven. Some people wake up and they see things, they take it a certain way. Like I really, what's funny is that I think people felt like really bad for me, but like I was okay. <laughs> well, like, no, it's not even feel, no, okay. It's, it's, it's cause I was one of those people and it's not even, uh, it's not even like, oh my God, I bet she's about ready to die because I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody, I think it's with a grain of salt because also I have to point out as much as I love, and this is a huge part of my life, they're Bravo celebrities. They're not celebrities. Like there's yes. a, you know, this isn't if, you know, if Obama or Brad Pitt or like Oprah, like said oh something God, about me, I would Obama die. Obama said that yeah, to me. If, oh yeah. I could I would, never live again. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wouldn't want to face myself, but if like Erica Jane, it's like, okay, Erica, but like, you might not even be on the season. Like there's so many things you can come back. But so, but the thing with the fan accounts is that, you know, they usually, it's like a nice homage that they can repost if they want to, or just people thinking about them, which is like free publicity in the end. So then what happens is, okay, we're, we're onto the good stuff now though. So a lot of the Bravo fan accounts did come not to your aid. Cause you didn't need that, but kind of sticks up because it's like, if, well, if this girl's going to pick on you, not pick, but like, if this girl's going to be like that with you, they're going to be like that with all of us. You yeah. Know? I it's think like everyone saw themselves and what happened to me. Like, Oh, if this could happen to her, she could have been a, like, this could have been my meme and she could have been a bitch to me. <laughs> so then it was great. Cause then there was just a bunch of memes making fun of yeah. Erica Jane, making fun of you. <laughs> that and that's what I, me. That was, <laughs> which that's is awesome. But it also goes, cause I've always think of Instagram and like these ideas is that the idea is like, everybody has their unique take on an idea, but the thought itself is that like, okay, we have a few things to go with every week. Like what happens in the shows? What? And then like, then it's kind of not a race, but it's like fun to see everybody's take on that idea. So you got to then see everybody's take on what happened with the Erica Jane stuff. And, yes. Erica and, Jane- and even to, to note on that, even within each other's takes, we all do it differently. Yes. Like yeah. Even last week um, with below deck, I made a meme about um, how Jess and Rob are like, Sammy and Rob. Sammy and yes, sure. yeah, yeah. So I posted it and then I'm scrolling and I saw Blocked by Jax. Blocked by Jax, yeah. The same comparison. So I wrote to her. I said, oh my God, I didn't even see your post. Great minds think alike. Yeah. And like you just have to like acknowledge. Yes, yes I did. Um, I That you have a similar, you know, like you said, there's limited material. <laughs> well, yeah. And, the, and as, as, I mean, as, I mean, as insanely funny as all of us are, you're not, you're, I think it's impossible to not have a similar idea sometimes, you know? Yes, totally. I, except that Erica Jane did not have this idea. But anyways, so the, so the cool thing was, is that if I'm not mistaken, like, and this isn't out of what it did do was that it really did draw attention to your account, which is a really funny account. And that's the whole thing. So you really grew your audience by double. I more think. at this point i yeah. have like 5500 followers which is and also why you know not, not too many people said it, but they're like learn to watermark and i was like i know i forgot because i have 5000 followers like <laughs> i'm not fearful of this ever happening because i have 5000 followers like i know it's 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 uh and by the way watermark just means she puts her account over it or like a little tiny somewhere so if somebody does take it you can tell that your account's on it you know yes, i like that I've, I've now paid 30 dollars for a year subscription to make sure I never forget to watermark again. <laughs> well, I like I like to make mine really, really small, so then I can like like so then I can really catch people. Like, I'll be like, "Ha you didn't even see it, but it's there." You know, <laughs> um, that's never happened. So, anyways, the whole thing. So you kind of doubled your account. I think you're probably close to twenty thousand or even more now, which is insane. All insane. of a sudden, insane, insane. 
the amount of, and just like, I know like with the amount of DMS every day, it's a lot, but I got to imagine when something like this happens to you, your DMS had to have been like, just blown up. Right. It took me two days and like way too many hours to get through it because I don't like having notifications. <laughs> so oh, I God. can't just let that sit there. <laughs> it would, it's, it's impossible. So, and then it, it, the, the, this is just how funny it gets to me. Not fun, but like page six does an article about it. Like page six and page six credits you, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank they God even page so six. Nice to me in the article. Yes. Like, yes. I so, don't, yeah. It's pretty speechless on that one. My sister-in-law sent me that one. So the big thing I got to ask is, has Erica Jane reached out to you? No. Really? Yeah. And I did think at one point of reaching out to her because I don't like when people are mean on the internet. I, I'm snarky, but I'm not mean. And some people were really mean and I didn't like that. And I wanted, I thought of DMing her and just saying like, just so you know, like I didn't tell anyone to make this a thing. Like it just happened. Like I didn't. Yeah. Like I did say like a few people like, Oh my God, like, like my thing. But like, I didn't say like, go after her, take her down and unfollow her. Like, I don't, that's just crazy to me. So I did think of doing that, but I don't know. I just felt like it wouldn't have gone well. And then I was like, like, wait, what am I apologizing for? I didn't do anything. I was like, classic woman trying to think I got to apologize for everything. So I was like, no, I didn't do anything. I'm not apologizing. And I know Erica Jane's thing is to be kind of like tough and snarky or that's the character she wants to portray. I think she thought it was going to be funny and people were Yes, I think that's what she, I mean, but again, we're making excuses for her and, you know, also- but I thought her thing more was like, you know, marrying older guys for money. No, I'm joking. Um, so, uh, <laughs> no, but I really did. I really did in my heart of hearts think that she was going to DM you and say, hey, sorry, uh, I'm being a smart ass and really great work. I thought because it really is the simplest thing to do. And especially, but I hate when people double down. Like that makes me even more upset than the original thing. Because it's, yeah, like, it's like Dorinda, wait. she always doubles down. Well, Monique with the fight, the double down is like, like you can be wrong, but if you don't acknowledge it, that's where, and I think that's basically what, what she did. So yeah, no, no word yet. Highly helpful. So that was what (laughs) I was kind of, has anything else, what, anything else crazy happened from this? Besides, Uh, I'm not blocked, which I also thought was interesting. I thought she would have blocked me, but that didn't happen. I kept checking to, to see if I was blocked. Um, a few other housewives messaged me. I was like, I don't understand why this happened, which was really, really nice. Um, Leah did. Oh, uh, my Leah. My Leah. Leah so I much. love Leah as well. She actually, we chatted once a while back because I posted something about her and I was like clapping back at people and she thought my clapbacks were really funny. Uh-huh. Um, but she messaged me. The fact that Kate Chastain made a meme about it. That I know. in on it. That was like shocking. Um, just the articles, having to explain this to my mom. I know I always see your post about your mom messages. Oh, my mom has no, and the funny thing, my mom likes every one of my posts and she has zero clue what any of them means. Yes. Like she, no way she knows any of what any of them means. So my mom is a Bravo fan, although she's like, oh. I don't remember which one's Erica. I'm like, mom, come on, yeah. you know this. <laughs> so then I'm try, I'm like, oh, trying to explain like a comment on a post about another post like the depths of it. And I was like, just read the page six article. And I just sent it to her. She called it a Mimi, which I thought was, what's a Mimi? Like that was just enjoyable. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, you got it. Just you... any of the articles that people changed the article that they wrote was crazy. Uh, just any of it, all of it, every single thing that happened was insane well, to me. Now I'm now I'm really I'm gonna be my eyes gonna be out on other accounts trying to get into fights with Bravo Labs to see if they can re replicate <laughs> this magic of so okay so overall I think the people like that's a fascinating story but at the end of the day you're not hurt you're still standing everything's yes. good you're happy this has been an exciting week overall for you right yes I feel like I was prepared to fight after watching 10 years of housewives. <laughs> who, yeah. You, you need to be able to throw a digital leg like Aviva. Um, yes. Who, uh, I guess as we, as we close up, who is your favorite housewife? Well, it was really was it, funny. Was it Erica? I made a meme maybe like two months ago being five housewives that never disappoint me. And Erica was in the Oh meme. yeah. Because you were like, Oh, I guess I got to change this now. Um, uh, she was, she really was one of my favorites. And you know, a lot of people ask me like, do I hate her now? First, how could I hate someone that helped me quadruple my following? Like this, no. I feel like you're about to be on Ellen or something. Like Ellen's going to have you up, like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we, you know, us and IHOP came together and gave you 10 grand. To, like, Oh say, my God, please. That'd be great. Um, um okay. who's my favorite? Sonia forever. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love Dolores. I love Leah. I love Robin. I love so many more than I hate probably. What's your favorite Bravo show? Currently Potomac, Lifetime New York. Now, do you mess around with Vanderpump, Summer House, any of those yes, things? Uh, literally all of it. Backyard and Envy, watched it. Wow. You're, Family you're, Karma, wait, watched it. Wait, Backyard Envy, <laughs> you're the one. Wow. Just, just um, a few episodes. I watched they, like a few. I give they, everything a shot. I give it they, all a shot. <laughs> you yes. kind of have to because there's like, you got to make sure Bravo keeps going. So, um, okay. So that all said, and then uh, uh, <laughs> what is your, uh, you hate Jax, right? Yes. Oh my God. So much. Okay, good. Okay. That's so, so much. For that's so, really, so long. Um, so guys, so if you don't already, you have to probably after this week, go follow at brands by Bravo, because it's not even like a pity follow. It's a really good account. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like a you. really good account. So you will laugh, you will do. And that's what I think those meme accounts are really great for is that when you need, like, there are certain ones when I scroll, that'll just make me laugh at the end of the day. And that's like the best it's like a really cool, and we're part of this uh, get out the vote campaign right now too. So yes. go check out the pages because it has some really inform, important information about where your polling places are, how to register. And that really is an important thing, no matter how you're going to vote. The fact that we get to vote is a huge privilege. And I know we're part of a program with other Bravo pages and stuff like that. So check that out. But anything else that we can support you uh, in? No, that's it. I live in Pennsylvania. I already voted. Okay, Biden I was like, Harris, oh, 2020, I'm ready yeah, for it. Yes. I was like, do you want me to b- promote Pennsylvania? Uh, go to Pennsylvania, you guys, get some tourists. No, just all PA voters, please vote. <laughs> it really um, is a swing state, right? Like, it's I mean, because Philly will go Biden, but the rest of the state is, is a toss up, right? Yeah, it seems like the surrounding counties around the two cities, Philly and Pittsburgh, but it's, it's a toss up. I mean, we're less rest. than two weeks away, and it really is when I was talking to my friend, and it was just like, wow, we'll. F- it, what scares me is that we'll walk like it's just going to be interesting to find it all like, scares me. Just ha- finally like, have your cards on the table and be like, OK, like and then you're just walking around wondering who's going to vote for who you're like, oh, I bet that person's this. And so I just I can't wait to not think about this. You know, I agree. It was very nice vacation. on Monday to think of nothing else. But bravo. <laughs> 
Well, I, I hope I hope this ends with Erica Jane reaching out, but if not, so many great things have happened. So, uh, Danielle, thank you so much for for doing this on the, the you, short notice. And it was so great to meet you. Yes, you as well. How many books do I give? That, of course, was uh, Danielle at Bands Brands by Bravo. Uh, And, of course, right there, that song was Erica Jane, How Many Fs Do I Give? So uh, love, 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 love what's happening for Bravo meme accounts. But anyways, if you don't, go follow her. She is amazing, delightful, such a great, nice person. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) man, I I need to start a fight with somebody. That's it. I'm going to go start a fight with somebody, and hopefully they, you know— if you guys know of anybody I should start a fight with, please. And by the way, I'm not saying Danielle started a fight because she didn't. Um, I, I'm totally joking. Danielle's like, that's the craziest part. She's like the nicest person out there. So um, I just thought that was such an interesting story. And I, I'm so curious to see if it has any other layers. Wouldn't it be crazy if that's like one of the one of the plot lines on this next season? But I really am hearing rumors that she got demoted to friend of, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Also, we're a week away from Southern Charm. Are you guys going to be watching it? Should I cover it on the show? Reach out if you guys like Southern Charm. Um, I don't know. I kind of was like turned off, but then it looked like they were um, dealing with a lot of the issues that kind of bothered me, and they were going to talk about it in the show, and that I found kind of interesting and kind of a cool thing. And I was talking to... um, uh, the talk of shame a couple weeks ago on here, the TikTok celebrity, and uh, she has so many interesting points about uh, Southern Charm, which maybe I'll maybe I should have her on to talk about the premiere. But uh, anyways, so uh, one of my favorite uh, people in this Bravo verse that I have I have met uh, is Moni. Uh, you guys know Moni; she is incredible. Her podcast is incredible, called Mixing with Moni. She recently got to be on Bitch Sesh, which is like the pinnacle. That is the peak of Bravo podcast. I think it's like the the Rushmore is like uh, Bitch Sesh, Crappens, Danny. I'm sure I'm leaving out tons of, but you know, so that that's huge for any any young podcaster as ourselves. But she uh, she loves the Bachelor fan- franchise, and uh, so I was so happy to have her on to talk about this. But it does go in so many different directions. So even if you don't like the Bachelor, I like I said, I think this is because we get into Bravo, we kind of go back and forth. It's great to kind of have a free flowing conversation with somebody that loves. Uh, having conversations, you know, like she makes so many great points as she always does. Uh, I think there's a lot of laughs in here. I think, you know, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, because I am just this, this show, the bachelorette, the season is a mess. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, it's a mess for so many reasons and it's a really watchable mess so far. First off, you have guys being douchebags. Amazing to watch right there because we get to make fun of them. Um, and by the way, you know, I, I sometimes like, we are just, we are the inferior species. We are, I mean, there is just no competition. We are, we are fucking idiots. Like we really are. If I, I think I have some dude listeners. We come on, we're idiots, right? Like we're idiots. We can, we can talk Frank here. We're, we're complete idiots. Um, you know, the only thing 
that uh, we the only thing we have over women is that women sometimes when they laugh, uh, they will pee themselves because of their pelvic floor. I I learned that from this podcast. Um, I've learned so. Well, you know, I was thinking of the other day. Maybe I should do a podcast of like. Um, like what girls say with Ryan Bailey, and it would just be me confronting a different topic about women that I didn't know each week, you know, because like recently I found out like boob tape was a thing, you know, because they don't have dick tape. So I didn't think boob tape existed. So you know what I'm saying? Like, could I like, I mean, well, also, is there a market for that? Did I just find a hole in the market with dick tape? Interesting. It is funny. Shark Tank, have me on. This is called dick tape. <laughs> Hello, this is, <laughs> yes, have you ever, have you ever hung left when you wanted to hang right? That's why there's dick tape. I'm Ryan Bailey. No, um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I'm telling you, the vast right is, because what happens too is that Claire Crowley, she's a 39-year-old lady, and they are acting like she's like 80 years old. They're like the oldest bachelorette in franchise history. They act like she's on her last legs and it's just far from it. So she keeps pointing out how old she is. Everybody keeps pointing out how old she is. And she's like average to me. It's like, but then she falls in love with this dude in the first episode. And there's only been two episodes so far. So you can still catch up. And she is so all over this dude that it's making it awkward for us at home watching it. It's awkward for all the other guys who have quarantined themselves for like three weeks just to have a shot at dating this girl on TV. I mean, that's wild, right? That's wild. Who would do this? But I mean, honestly, this is the conversation I want to have with you guys is um, it's how does like would you guys. Okay, so. Say, I know a lot of you guys are married already or have boyfriends or girlfriends, but if you didn't, if you didn't, and say you date this guy or girl, and then third date comes out, he's like, yeah, I was a contestant on The Bachelorette, and uh, I went pretty far. It's down to the final four. What would you do? Because in my head, I would immediately kind of be like, oh, you thought you could find love that way. You, it's either that. It's it like you would. You, this person thought they could find love that way, which is a horrible thing in its own way. Or this person was there for the wrong reasons and wanted to be like Instagram famous, which is then again kind of like weird too. So either way, I would be kind of turned off. And I hate to say that. What would you guys? Would you guys be turned off? Like I just really think it would be like, isn't that weird? I just think it's weird. I just think that's weird that somebody – I'm really trying to think if I'm being stubborn about this. But I just think there's something about like wanting to go on national television in the first place as yourself or you really think this is how you'll find your husband or wife, which I think is delusional. Like it really – I think as you get older too, you start to really question the realities of this reality show because you're like, is this like – or you question the realities of love in itself. Like I've been thinking about love so much lately. Um, and, and like, you know, like, I don't know. Have you gone through phases? This is actually, have you gone through phases in your life guys where you like lately? I'm, I'm not down on love, but I think I'm, I think after going through a divorce or something like that or like a bad breakup, I'm sure everybody's gone through, you kind of like, I don't know if I really, I don't know if I, 
like you just wonder like oh what's gonna knock me off my socks you know or like do i have so much baggage now that i'll never be able to truly get blown away again you know like i i and there's total moments of being blown away i'm not saying that but i'm saying like uh, do you know what i'm saying <laughs> they're like no tell me what you're saying i'm I'm just saying i just think about that a lot is that like what's i don't know i just worry sometimes i'm like oh man is this like too much baggage where i'm even now skeptical about a dating show like the bachelorette where i'm like they're not really in love that's not love i'll tell you what love is because <laughs> everybody's like the first couple weeks or first month like this show is of course you guys are all in love like the real show starts when the cameras go off um, but anyways, <laughs> that really went in 30 different directions, didn't it? Uh, anyways, Monty is always delightful. This is like, we did like an hour and 40 minutes here. So this is like, so settle in folks. This is, this is a nice old chunk of a conversation. And, uh, I will talk to you at the end. Bye. Ratchet. Sassy. Moody. Nasty. Acting stupid. What was happening? What was happening? Bitch, I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet, sassy, moody, nasty, hacking, stupid, what was happening? You guys, um, I was going to take this week off, but then uh, Moni, uh, one of my good friends from podcast, you guys know Moni. Uh, she was like, uh, saw that I was doing The Bachelorette and she was like, oh, I want to talk about it. I was like, oh my God, you're perfect to talk about it with. I don't want to recap this by myself. I don't want to talk about it by myself. And I would love to talk about it with you. If you guys do not know, Moni is her name. Mixing with Moni is the podcast. She just had a triumphant appearance on Bitch Sesh, which is like the number one podcast for all that we do and she killed it on there so go check that out if you haven't then if you like that which you will go subscribe go hit five stars on that go follow her on instagram do all of the things but we're going to hit a little bravo but we're going to hit a lot of the bachelorette and i'm sure this is what I, i want to let all the listeners know is that it's okay. It's okay if you don't like The Bachelorette. This will be good regardless. I think you can discover even stuff about yourself by listening to shows you don't even know about because we will make it entertaining, I swear. Moni, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so ready. I'm so prepared. And for people who do not like The Bachelorette, just let me convince you because I think that my approach is catching on and I really am excited for today. This is going to be so. Fun. I mean, I guess the when I hear you, I get excited. Uh, I was watching The Bachelorette, and I kind of have to, like, I'll go back and forth with, like, oh, man, I can't believe they're doing this. This is ridiculous, too. Wow, this is kind of an interesting sociological experiment. And I kind of, like, go back and forth. How do you watch the show? Yeah, I watch from the place of obvious delusion. I don't believe (laughs) that everyone's going to find love. That's not why I watch. There are certain times that I root for people, but no more than I would root for like a competition show because that's what it is. So I'm still like, I love these people. I want them to win at whatever the win is. And for Bachelorette, the winner is not you're together forever is that you pick the person and for some reason you make it down the aisle with someone you may have only had three dates with that to me is a fun time so I watch with obvious delusion and people are like why do you enjoy it and I'm constantly saying for someone who's put up with as much as Bravo as I have this is 
an ignorant bubble that does not offend me. Everyone there <laughs> in their own little delusional world, and that's what's great, but none of it offends me. No one's attacking me, my humanity, my rights, anything. It is mindless television, and all their problems have to do with each other, and I don't really have to chime in. Now, so this season revolves around Claire uh, Crawley, right? And she is 39 years old. And she they is? keep She's 39 oh my years God. old. I know. Is she, the you, she is the oldest bachelorette, and they keep so they wild. keep hitting it every scene. Is like she they, hits it every. She scene. hits it every scene, but I feel like, but also even in the promotion of this, Bravo puts like a like like the Graduate, where it's like the old movie, the Graduate movie poster. That's what the is like somebody le- legs up, and they're trying to act like she's sixty years old. She's thirty nine. Like that really it's does not, not mean bad. it's not that bad at all. And they keep acting like she's like, well, she's about dead, so we need to get her hitched and like <laughs> she said in her own trailers like this is my like, last my chance last shot this I was like is it? could I you mean, imagine you really eight months to live well that's <laughs> what I know she's like not right in the head a little bit because I'm like if you really thought it was your last like this is the last shit like I love that they go into these things this is like her third time on one of these shows or fourth time or whatever it's like going back into war like I didn't think I could do it but I have to go back in for love you know yeah this is like her her fourth tour and she's like I'm going back I'm deploying again. I'm like, girl, you are not fighting for the rights of a country. You're simply just allowing yourself to be humiliated by the same network for the fifth or fourth time. And that's fine. Like, have fun with it. But don't act like this is your last shot. Don't act like Chris Harrison and ABC is your final shot to find love. Do you ever, I mean, do you ever watch these? Because I I found myself watching it and then almost reevaluating how I look at love where I'm like, Maybe I'm the problem that I don't that I I'm past a point where I can I believe in fairy tale romance. Like I mean, I think you know, like they they when they talk about love, like and all those guys, which by the way, half of those guys are bullshitting completely. Of like, I am here to find my wife, and it's like, no, you are no. not. You are not. No, you are not. You're only looking for. You're only looking at one woman. So that's not true. That's yeah. not true. You're not there to find your wife. I mean, this was The Bachelor. Maybe I would understand because again, it's like a it's like a matchmaking system. There's a lot of women to choose from. It's a big pool, and it's pre- it's sort like it's purely up to you to figure out who is best compatible with you of the few that they think will be compatible with you of the world of people that apply. But you are one man with only with a stiff man and one woman. So you're not saying you're here to find your wife. It's really more so are you going to be it? Because there's only one option. It's Claire. She's the Have only wife option. You, you know, you've watched the bachelor for a while, right? Yeah. I, I started, um, Chris souls was my first season. It was so your, that was a that while was your first ago. tour. Yeah. So yeah. And then I was like, wow, this is a hot mess. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in. So, I, th- have you noticed though over the course of like the last couple of years is that there seems to be I don't know. I think in regular dating pools, you hear from women all the time of men can't make up their minds. Men can't make up their minds, which makes it even crazier that you have this pool of thirty or eighty guys here going. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to make a commitment now, and I feel like even the more you know, everybody's doing social media dating apps and all this stuff, it becomes like these relationships are just sometimes doomed from the get-go. Right. I think that it's <laughs> it's funny because I talk about the delusion, like the obvious delusion. You can't fully believe that everyone in there is going in there because they thought this was their one shot at 
finding love on a TV show amongst a, a sea of other, like 30 other people. But you know that a portion of them, at the very least, are there because they want the fab fit fun. They want the sponsorship. A lot of them want to be fitness models. They want to leave whatever job and career they're doing and get a top 100 podcast. They want sponsors. They want that. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. To be honest, I, I fully admire the people who really make bachelor a career like when they stay in the world <laughs> Wait, you I admire love. you admire <laughs> monty do. you admire you go i admire what I they're do. doing i admire what they're doing i like it when you're honest with me tell me the truth <laughs> you're not in this for the waffle maker like what was it i was watching um Oh, it was uh, Ben and Lauren, and everyone thought they were going to make it. I mean, I was talking to Bachelor and Bachelorette veterans. They were like, this is the real deal. They are the real people. And I was like, okay. So I watched their little spinoff show about them on like Freeform or something. And I was like, I see it because I saw it on the show. This is a really good match. Then we get deeper into them, and she goes, I just, I love flight attending, but I really want to launch my beauty blog. It's something I've always wanted. And I'm like, is it? Because <laughs> I didn't hear any of that before, but it's really cute because now it's what you want. And Ben essentially, like, you know, they broke up because allegedly he was like, this was a different woman than what I thought. And I really wanted someone who I thought was down to earth and wanted to go back to Colorado with me and chill. And she's like, yeah, that and beauty blogging would love some sponsors and love some stuff. And I'm like, if you're just going to be honest with me and be like, I want to be an Instagram influencer. And if I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend out of it, I'm happy. I'm cool with that. That's a fine level of achievement to me. But do you ever get worried then we have to take care of these people for the rest of our lives? We have to watch them on Instagram. Like where, where do these, where does the game end? Like, I mean, are they going well, to be in their sixties? That's, That's not my issue. If you chose to hinge your entire 401k on whether or not you will get a sponsorship and a swipe up, that's on you, honey. That's not my fault. <laughs> I can follow as long as I can, but I can't watch your one minute and a half stories forever. But that's on you. You gave up a whole career for that. And that's fine. <laughs> Take the rest. Put your money away. Be, be good to it. Who do you think is the number one achieving or like the one that's really managed to transcend the you know the bachelor franchise um i think jimmy did a really good job i think jimmy did an amazing job because she was not only likable as a villain she did the impossible and she became a villain and then became more likable as the queer person and that is for the demographic that bachelor appeals to that was a wild ride. They liked her more on Paradise as a yeah. She brought her she brought her woman and, into Paradise and yeah, and they loved her for it. And then she left the queer woman, and now she's back to dating. Oh, she's dating a man, and she did identify. She does identify as bisexual, and they love her still. And she has every day. I look at her stories, and there's a different sponsor. She's doing it right. She's and really I, she and, really is. And she comes in supposedly, spoiler alert, guys, is that when Chris Harrison has to go to his son's graduation, they bring her and a couple other people in to help with hosting JoJo. duties. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, so I this think is, this, apparently this season is like a hodgepodge, it's like a mosh pit of people. We're and getting you can more tell. women on the bachelorette than we've ever gotten. So you can t that that's what I think is one of the really interesting parts of watching the show is because and, and again, spoiler alert, we've said this on the show before, but you know. 
I think we see where everything's going. I think it's full knowledge that Claire, you know, finds love rather quickly and we get a new bachelorette. I think that's, isn't that public knowledge, Bonnie, by now? Yes, that that's more than public knowledge. It's one of the reasons I'm watching this season. I was so, going to watch anyway, but I chose not to originally because I already knew what was going to happen. Everybody was saying what was going to happen. And I didn't have a connection with Claire. So as soon as I watched Juan Pablo season, it's the only season I own on Amazon because it was that good. It was pretty incredible to watch as bad TV goes. You and wait, I you were like, like, this is so good. I need to own this. Yeah, I had to own it. Cause everybody like I Googled Best Bachelorette season because I was going down a rabbit hole at that point. And they were like, well, Juan Pablo is number one. It's it's a wild ride. You gotta watch it. And I was very curious to find out why he was the worst. And it wasn't for the reasons that I thought, but it made sense why he is the worst bachelor in all time. I don't believe he it, he holds that title anymore. I just definitely <laughs> understood why he did uh, have it at some point. And I didn't connect with Claire and I kept seeing her everywhere. And I was like, I don't know if I'm into her, but then, and I'm really not even fully into the replacement, the rumored alleged replacement. I like Taisha, her, but right? I just like the, sure. yeah, I like the idea that they're just replacing people. Like they, all these men are here and what? then it's going to go from like one woman to the see, next. I'm like, I, I love with you now. <laughs> see, that's why the show works for me in a way, because I'm watching on two levels. I'm watching what we see in front of our eyes. And then I'm also watching, knowing that we know the end result. So we're about to see these people go through something oh, insane. And I think that's yeah. what's exciting is that we're seeing because, you know, the rumor is, or what we all know to be true is that Claire winds up with Dale and we're already seeing aspects of that and we know it falls apart at some point and she chooses Dale and then supposedly Taisha comes in and what I'm curious about is all of these guys quarantined all of these guys jumped through hoops for their shot at fame and it yeah. gets I want to see that loss of fame I want to see what I it's mean, like so upset I can yes. I remember I feel like they're like we will walk out together and I'm like because like and in some respects I get it right it feels like they, this was at the beginning of quarantine and beginning of COVID. They didn't get to see their families. Jobs were being lost. Like things were going down. And the only thing they're able to do above all else, the only extreme measures being taken are to be on The Bachelorette. That's a wild But like you, But like process. you said, that's on them. That's on them. That they chose them. to do that. That's like, ha ha, yeah. you chose to do this during a time of like yeah. quarantine. And yeah, like, this was so, the last thing you decided to do. You could have just quarantined and like, you know, maybe you went to go see your child or your parents or something like that. And in some respects, I even get why Claire... If she's like, I found the one, I know what I want. I mean, she is annoying how much she browbeats us with, you know, her age and experience and love because I'm like, you're so experienced, you failed at it this many times on television. In real life, probably, I don't know, even more because you're here. But I get it in the sense of she's old enough to know what she doesn't want. And that is something that I respect because these other bachelorettes and even bachelors have been, you know, a, a ring around the rosy of up and down. They don't really know. They're trying to figure it out. They are pulling and pushing in different directions. And Claire is like at least a little bit more decisive, which I understand. But I wish she did not hinge that on her age. It's either to me, you know, or you don't. Because look at Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore had a baby at almost 50. She was like, if anybody is like their last shot. She met Adele, her ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, seems to be like a trash box. She waited a very long time, and it, dreams can happen. Well, that's what I wonder. I wonder, because I'm not a woman, and I wonder if it is, I wonder if there's any, like, do women out there really get inspired by this? Are they seeing Claire and going, wow, this inspires me that Actually, I can I still so. find love? Really? Yeah, you think I so? do. I, I think so, because I am... 
I am so incredibly young in the sense of not it being like, you know, a superiority thing. It makes, it mind boggles me that I think about my own timeline this way. I am in my mid twenties, barely. And I am like, if I don't have a baby in the next five to six years, something could go really wrong. Like, and I never thought that I would be thinking that way. But then at the same time, I remember five years ago so vividly. And I was like, oh my God, that was just yesterday. I keep thinking to myself, I could blink and I don't know what could happen. And I don't want to be staring it down like, oh, I'm ready now. And then someone's like, oh, well, there's some this and there's complications that. And especially for me as a Black woman, our abilities uh, to safely have babies in this country seems to be a little hit or miss. Um, So I am like, I want to make it as limited and in risk as possible. And because of that, I have thought about it more now while getting my master's, while just starting my career. And I'm thinking to myself, I really want to get my PhD. I really want to be in a place of being a principal. I want to teach teachers how to be teachers to kids. I think that's how I can do the most. And in the middle of all of those ambitions in my mind, I'm like, the podcast is going great. I want to see how far I can go. And then I'm like, I really also need to think about engagement and marriage. And let me start planning a wedding. And I need to have a baby. Well, do you, and that's, I need to figure that out do you immediately. Ever, see, that's what I get. I mean, I get it to a point where I'm like, oh, I guess that'll be another life. You know, where you're like, oh, you start to think about like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do that in this life. So hopefully there'll be other, like, it is weird how you start to compartmentalize stuff, which, you know, that's what I really before all this stuff with Monique happened, Monique had a line in Potomac earlier on in the season about putting things in boxes, you know, like I'll put Mm -hmm. this up in this box and I'll put, and one of those boxes is going to fall off, you know? And like, that's what I find myself doing in life as I get older is just like, I compartmentalize things. I'm like, okay, well, I probably, unless something happens, I'm not going to have a child. I'm probably, you know, like it would be nice, but I don't think it's going to happen in this life. You start to like make these, have these conversations with yourself of what is actually possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that the Bachelor inspire the Bachelorette franchise no, inspires me. No, but like, me. I get it. I mean, to answer your question more succinctly, it's like looking at Claire, I'm like, so I know that there is a second leg. So even if yes. I get all those things right now, I could potentially one day be 39 or 40 or even older and have love again. I mean, she's doing it. She found love four times, allegedly, like on this show and in and, and winter games or whatever. She was whole engaged. So it's like, oh, it's possible. Do not limit yourself in time. But at the same time, The Bachelor has created this narrative that all these 23-year-old women are so gung-ho to get married. And I'm like, the only reason I don't ever question it is because the timeline that society puts on us to do all these things is within the realm of you got from 21 of graduation to 30, 29 max. Like 30 is when you're supposed to have it together. And then you're seeing millennials who are like, oh, we're in our 30s and we waited and we did this and we did it differently and it worked. And you're like, oh, wow, it works that way. That's awesome. So she's kind of showing that it does work that way. And I think that especially if you are a millennial woman in your 30s and you're watching The Bachelorette, you're watching with your girlfriends. You might be single and it might slow your clock down a little bit. Like it's not the end of the world. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, didn't swipe left. Yes. Because Claire is out here still being engaged to and proposed to and embarrassed on The Bachelor. You had time. But also, I I mean, you you said like she was engaged in the winter games and all that. She's had like, would you like right then and there? I'm like, wow. 
I, I, that's probably an unfair thing, but like sometimes when I'm like, man, this person's been in love a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. this person's been in love with, would you ever go on, uh, would you ever be considered to be the bachelor? Would you ever be the bachelorette if you had the opportunity? I feel like I could only because I am decisive enough to do the job. And sometimes I think it's about, they pick the wrong ones because they feel like they have to right a wrong. And that's the only thing is that they try to, they sometimes they pick the bachelor because they're like, like Becca, for instance, that yeah. woman was so in, like, deeply embarrassed and humiliated and wronged, <laughs> assaulted by the camera people. Like, essentially <laughs> her space was just violated by that man and those camera people that they just had to do something differently. And so they threw everything at it that they could. So I get that, but I could see if they choose a woman, like for instance, Rachel Lindsay, she knew what she wanted. She understood the game and she understood the bachelorette process. And she was like, though, I do like this man. She didn't do it for the sense of like the fantasy, the fairy tale. She more so was like, I like this man, Peter, and I do want to be with him. However, for what I want right now and for my timeline, this doesn't work. And in a way, I respect that because she went with the choice that maybe wasn't the most impassionate, but she had love for this man and she wanted to be with this man. And he was at where she was automatic already. And they were already on the same page. And she went with her gut and made a, a, a choice of what was best for her right there in that moment. And I am able to do those things. But if you're not able to do those things, I don't think it really matters what age you are or who you are. If you're not someone who can make quick choices and decisions on whether or not you could change someone's life for what you need, and if that someone is willing to do it for you, you can't BS that much. Like no man can make it to the end with that much bullshit. Eventually you will be able to sift it out. But if you can't sift it out, you're not going to do well. And I think Claire is the best sister outer of bullshit. Oh yeah. So, I mean, Claire, from the first two episodes that we've seen, I just, it, I don't have a lot of faith in her as a None. bachelorette. And None of it. There is, I mean, okay. So I guess the big question is, so we see, you know, in the the limo rides of everybody coming out and, and we see that first moment with Dale and she literally almost loses her shit and is like, I think I, girl, are you okay? And she's like, I think I just, yeah. I think I almost blacked out. I think I just met my husband. And, and Chris Harrison, of oh. course, who's always standing by, he like runs in. Cause didn't you think like when she said that weren't, didn't you think there was like a shot of like, I would have loved to seen everybody in the control booth go, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that of like, because this is all mm. their, li- this is all their livelihoods. And she's like, I found right. the one he's right there. What's so funny is that Chris did mention it in the second episode this week. He said, you know what Claire told me? She said, <laughs> my husband's in that room <laughs> yes, and yes. I died. And this is why I have sustained more than once that bachelor producers are the shadiest producers of all time. And they put Bravo to shame. And I love my Bravo producers, but bachelors are so savage that they literally had this man running and tell these hopeful men who have given up everything that she said she found her husband in the room. And she was talking about one specific man, but Chris didn't say that. So they're all like, she's really into us. And we are home watching like she is not into any of y'all, honey. If your name is not D-A-L-E, she doesn't want you. Like at all. Well, I, I found mean, that to be so rude. But also, isn't it so? So Dale arguably is, and I'm a straight dude, but I think he is the most handsome guy there. 
Oh yeah, he's definitely like he's somebody man. that he's somebody that if you know he must have a presence when he walks into a room. Like it's not like she saw he something does, special. Though. She saw what like everybody else would see about Dale. Like Dale is a great looking dude that anybody would think is good yes. looking. Yes, and he has very interesting confidence to the point where I'd said and I had Aaron Hill who hosts um, a Bachelor podcast and um, Instagram on my show. About like, do we think that she knew him before, or because she made? I thought that she dipped us into the toe of Blake reached out during quarantine, and it was against the rules, almost to like, like make it a little bit more normal to normalize the idea that men did that, so that when it comes up about Dale, it's not like a big <gasps> because it's something that already happened because the a reaction she gave Dale. For him just standing there and buttoning his suit and smiling at her, I know she has not seen only one fine man in her whole life. If she's saying this to every fine man that she sees, that's my husband because he's fine with a nice smile. I don't think she is. I really believe that either she was attracted to him before or they had some kind of connection before because his confidence is that of someone who is either so secure or he knows he has an advantage with her. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's the secure thing. Cause like, I literally, like I fell in love with Dale when he came out of the limo. So I think anybody's <laughs> going to fall in love with Dale. Like I live, I legitimately think he seems like he has really kind eyes and I'm like, okay. He, he seems does. like, he seems he like seems there's nothing wrong confident. with this guy. Very so, strong. But, but we'll compare, but see, but it's a different kind of confidence than the other guys. The other guys have douchebag confidence. Dale has good guy confidence. I think. Oh, no, Dale I seems like Riley. A... I thought Riley was really sweet when he was proming her and having her dance to imaginary boys to men. And I was like, ABC, y'all can afford some boys to men songs. Y'all can play a little cut over, <laughs> over the top. So they well, don't especially they don't have to rhythm. travel anywhere. They don't have to travel anywhere. So they got plenty of money. All the money is in, in the world. Like you're only paying for one place. It's what to end. Wait, do you, do you ever wonder? Because they always do those things where they'll bring out like some kind of band, you know, to play. They'll stumble upon something and all of a sudden a band's playing. Like, I always wonder if like they're quarantining the band train somewhere so they can like, you know, pop up in a bachelorette like, Ladies and gentlemen, train. Like, where are we going to get yeah. some of the magic? Um, you know, they're they're you know yeah. they did a dodgeball tournament. Like when and they, they did walk a- into um, a room and they're like, "Wait, where are we going? I wonder what's in here." And yeah. it's like a freaking concert with like eighty to hundred young white women from college, like literally young sorority yes. girls yes. all dancing to one mid fifties on the charts country band, and like. They're all singing the same song. And it's always amazing to me that both the suitor and the date always know the song, no matter what. Yes. And I am not a white woman, but I would imagine that all white women don't know all the same songs all the time. No. So they, I'm they, just they, like, what is this? It's, it's like. <laughs> they send you the lyrics ahead of time. But I mean, so I, I love the other thing that's fun about watching these sh- this in this kind of environment, because they all are trapped at the La Quinta Inn in Palm Springs, is that they're trying to like, like they did a scene with like Bennett, like showing off his fireplaces at that's the end. Amazing. It's like, which is just like, I love that they're having to find like, instead of going to these far-fetched locales, we're in one location and here's a shot of a pool, you know, like we're, we're having yes. to find amazement in these small things. And sending easy to like go do MTV cribs. Like I heard your, 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 your room. <laughs> is the, the nicest and like who told you that the producers they said go look and he had like you know all this they do face masks at the pool because what are we going to do we have no location shots and it's definitely oh it's something else See, that's what i love i love, I love that the dates are like around the corner <laughs> 
Well, that's what I, I, there's like a big like summer camp vibe of like putting on a show at summer camp and everybody's like uh-huh. trying to be game of like, oh, let's run into our hotel rooms and act like it's exciting. You know, it's like it's funny because, you know, they're being told to like pep it up and like it's just really right. interesting. Like Blake is able to leave and say, I don't like the fact that I lost and I want to go be a part of this date. And normally they yes. would, the date would be away, like far away. So yes. he wouldn't have to. And we don't usually get someone getting in a van and going to the location until like no. the final six. So he's like, oh, they're across the hall. I'm going to go over there and I want to talk to Claire. And I'm like, you can't just go across the courtyard. But he's like, I can. They're literally right there. And that would only happen because because of what's happening with quarantine. Now, uh, you know, with with Claire, you know, she really, I mean, we know potentially who she winds up with. And, you know, she might have met her husband, but she is so, I just find like that it's like, I wonder how many times she was warned of like, yo, you got to pull it back a little bit because everybody's noticing and you're bumming everybody out. Like she gave mm-hmm. a couple of the guys a little bit of a shot on the second episode. Right. I was excited for that, but then it would always be like, look, she gave it to Riley. She get, I was really concerned that she wasn't going to give Riley the rose. And I was like, he clearly earned it. So you got to give it to him, but I don't trust her. Like you said, like, I feel like she was going to give it to Dale regardless. And I felt the energy of it's going to be Dale or no one, because she literally was like, I can't wait to see Dale. And then the next day made everyone get butt ass naked. And then was like, I can't wait to go see Dale. And I'm like, girl, they are out here literally showing their ass crack for you. Can you just give a little attention? So what Monty's referring to you guys is that they had a dodgeball game for one of the activities. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. and they had to compete and then it was like strip dodgeball. And uh, the one team had to strip down to their jock straps. And then I believe didn't like some of them just fully show their dongs. Well, yes, a couple of men did decide to just let it all hang out. And those are the guys that are, see, those are the guys that are highly confident in their dongs. Those guys are Yeah, they had nothing to hide. Those guys are showers. You already got us with our asses out. We might as well go all the way. But see, that's, but see, I love that because that's to them in their game playing mind. They're like, you know, those people that it's like, I have a huge dong. That's a plus. I'll show it right now. And then hopefully Claire likes big dongs, you know? Yeah, I mean, she was like, oh, I think she did because she was like, let's get hugs. Let's hug. And I yes, was like, she wanted a hug. I was okay. like, I was like, this is, don't people get sued for this kind of stuff? Like, and then. Yeah, this is, I mean, if you consider this the workplace and everyone's getting paid, this is definitely sexual harassment. Did you see that? Um, did you see that story this week about Jeffrey Tubin masturbating on a Zoom call? Yeah, at CNN, that at was CNN. not good. No, of and course like, it's not good. Of course it's sir, not good. No, I have a thing lately where I underplay everything because the, uh, 2020 is so wild that I feel like I should <laughs> save my obscenities for the absolute last possible Yeah, moment. like what would because blow your mind at this point? Like nothing, point, everything nothing. is up. Yeah. So everything to me is like, I just say, wow, that's a choice. And that's the wrong one. But isn't it wild um, that we're arguing? Like we're we're arguing over whether this is like, well, don't be so hard on him. And it's like, well, he was. No, I mean, he fully deserved to get asked to leave. Yes. But I'm just like, well, to be honest, when I saw it on Twitter trending, I I, I didn't even click on the story because I was just like, oh, okay. Because I'm just at this point. I mean, we had a. The whole world is shut down. Okay. Like at this point, anything, what can happen next? I love that we keep forgetting that the world is still shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, what's funny is like the entire globe 
is all fighting the same thing. And we as America still decided to do it wrong. I don't know. So at it, this point, it, I'm just like, whatever. But it's see, fine. that's, that's, I love, and I love that people are like, yeah, cause that's freedom. I'm like, wait, doing it wrong is freedom. I'm like, this is so, it's like, like God, it's so we wild. Not, I need people to get out of their minds that we are the only country on earth that has freedom. Like there's so many. It, like, it, I mean, we were doing so good. We were doing, and then everything. Doing, we were at a B plus average. Yeah. I, I mean, you could still, you could still operate know, as a restaurant. Like, if America was a, a restaurant, it would be meat. like D. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to eat. There was like cockroaches on the floor at this point. But yeah, um, no, we've gone full Taco Bell. So, so I'm looking at the the things that I see on the Twitter. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's bad. And that's again why I enjoy watching The Bachelorette is because all the things that happen, those type of headlines, those cringy moments have nothing to do with my day to day. Like my cringe moments of today will not intersect with what Claire did. And her episode of this week was the cringiest thing. There were so many times that I smiled and grimaced with glee. I was like, oh my God, I love this. And it wasn't cover my eyes cringe it was this is so much fun see and that's what i think the strength of claire not being a great bachelorette is actually making the show stronger in quarantine as opposed Mm. to if Mm -hmm. you had claire in a normal bachelorette setting with like i think she Mm -hmm. would be it would be completely unwatchable but since it is such a mess and we know it's such a mess i think it adds this whole level of excitement that you don't need locations and it actually kind of it's a really good sociological experiment about it's almost like they're in prison in a way and they're kind of like Mm -hmm. just festering and kind of getting on each other's nerves and from what we see in the previews claire starts getting on all of their nerves and like literally these guys are starting to unionize these guys are starting to unionize if these bad if if these contestants unionize we're screwed like they're like what if we all walk out right now literally (laughs) claire is the ceo she is literally jan of um the office and all of the bachelor uh, competitors at this point, it's literally like that episode of the office where they wanted to unionize. And Jen's like, no, you can't join a union. No, that's bad. No, 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 no. Remember your middle management, you're with us. And Claire's like forgetting that she's supposed to be like on the side of the ABC. So ABC is like, honey, they can't leave. We have no show. And she's like, I don't care, babe, babe. I didn't get to be the only bachelorette in 39. <laughs> if I put up with men like that. And I'm like, I get it, but this is very early. <laughs> well, we are having full meltdowns. We three, we have got to relax. And I think it, it largely it does come from the fact that they are in quarantine. And if they, the men are even like their threshold for patience and bullshit is so low because they've had to do so much yes. to do this. Well, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Money is that like, I feel like, and I've talked about this on the show before is that just in general life, we are just at a point with everything where we're just really impatient with each other. You know, everybody's wanting to get into a fight because everything's so frustrating. And I feel like that translates to this show is that these guys do have like fuses like mm-hmm. that. And it mm-hmm. really kind of amplifies all of this mm-hmm. anger and it's going to like keep getting, I mean, I'm just so interested to see what happens when she does leave, who's allowed to stay for the next bachelorette, who like, who they ship in, who they ship out because, you know, um, Marie Claire or Mayor Claire, or however you say that ladies magazine, they have like 60 contestants in there so we know there's tons of new contestants coming in once this is over yeah because it would be i think it would really say something though about the man who was there for claire and trying to build a connection with claire and then and you root for them because like to, to an extent it's like this right 
you, for instance, take like a, a Riley or like a Blake who are, an, or an Easy, who are, they're trying very hard to build a connection with Claire and you feel it with them. And to the point where you know what's going to happen. So you almost feel bad for them. Yes. And you're looking at Claire like you're really doing wrong here. And you feel bad for these, these few men that you remember their names and you know they're trying. And then if they get a new woman and they're like, oh yeah, I'll stay for her. It's almost like you're looking at them like, oh, so you, yes. does it, it didn't matter? Yes. Yeah, so then. That's it exactly is that we're going to like somebody's going to end up looking bad in the transfer, you know, like somebody's going to yeah. be like, yeah, I'll stick around and then it's going to come up and she's going to be like, but you were here for Claire. Like I can already see the scenes happening. Um, so with uh, with Dale and her, it is just like by the end of the second episode, she was like stealing him away and then fully putting her legs over his legs. And I'm like, this is like yeah. two episodes in and you're that familiar with each other. And then he goes, see he says to her, he so says to her, he goes, he goes, I have a, he goes, we have a physical connection, but we also have a personal connection. I want to know everything. And she's like, I want to know everything about you. But like, this is what cracks me up. That's what a, that's what the beginning of a relationship is. That doesn't mean it's love. That doesn't mean it's like, right. they should be, if you get married on the bachelorette or if you get engaged, there should be a law where you have to stay together for 10 years, good or bad. Like you have to, and then see, like we need to revisit 10 years later and see how the relationship is. You know? I mean, if anything, I think that's why they used to give like that alleged like rule of you didn't get to keep the ring. If you break up after before a year is up, because they know that people, they just buy into a hype. Like they're in there, but then there's some that, I genuinely just don't believe and something I'm like, okay, I th I think you can see it. And you know that, like, I think uh, like Rachel and Brian will actually probably make it a while. But I also think it's because Rachel knew what she wanted, which is exactly what I'm saying. I think Claire just had her picker is off because I hate that she keeps hinging her worth and knowing herself at her age as if she's trying to say that I know I deserve this now because I've waited so long but I'm like girl there are people who get it young who find love younger and they are also worth that great love and they stay together mainly because they knew what they wanted or they made it work and they figured it out and for her I'm just looking at her like it's not because you're 39 that you now know better what you need because you've also had four other stints on this show alone that we've seen where your picker was off. And I, I don't necessarily equate that to her just being young. I don't think what happened to her with Juan Pablo was because she was young. Like that didn't, it's not a, it wasn't about age. I think she just let him bullshit her too much. I think the show really misses out on a huge opportunity or did miss out on a huge opportunity of showing what actual middle-aged love is. I think they cast a lot of men that were way too young. Like I would have loved to have seen people more Ooh, Claire's age and actually age deal, but like actually crazy. deal with like men and women at a certain age. Cause I would love to hear like, I would love to hear honest conversations, not just from Claire, but from men who haven't found their partner yet. And, you know, and I know that's not what The Bachelor is about. They pretend like that. It's about this kind of experiment. But I would really love to hear what two people in their, you know, later 30s, what they feel about love at a certain age and love lost and things like that. Like, that would be interesting. But you have these young mm -hmm. whippersnappers and you're like, man, like. I, I don't know. It, it just got me thinking about relationships in general. No, I last. completely agree because it does feel like 
there are girls I know who are within the age range of these men. And they're like, my man is not even close to ready to do anything. And because she is older, she is probably had a lot of games and stuff played it. She definitely knows what she does want in the sense of her life right now. She's done the ba- the actual like bachelorette living thing. She's gone to, she's been able to travel, be with the friends, do the roommate thing, live alone. She's, about to, she's done all those type of things to where now she wants to enjoy life with a partner and she knows that much. But then some of these men, the ages, it's like, I don't know if they fully have gotten all that out of their system. Not to say that they could have it in in their 50s or could not have it in their 20s. It's just that that age gap, there's a lot more room for error and a margin for error on whether or not they're on that same page. Because these are the, it's interesting because when The Bachelor is 28, 38, 35, they will make these women 23, 24, 25, because they're like, okay, but women at that age might actually be still ready for where he just got to at 35. But somehow they don't under, they don't, they underestimate that a man who's 28 might not be where Claire is at 39. And that's also okay. Like that's why you should cast. See, that's what I, I feel like that needs to be pointed out. There needs to be some kind of competition of like, if guys can emotionally and physically ha- like handle some mat- like there needs to, there, yeah there needs to be a maturity contest in here somewhere yeah, and see how people guys who have lived it. a little bit who like i've been in love i did this one thing it didn't work yes. i now know what i want to do differently or i know what i didn't want like the people who have maybe lived a little life similar to what she has but that's not even just an aging that's just simply being a good matchmaker meet her where she is at <laughs> but like claire when she's with dale even though like i just in fact it just oh. it cracks me up. she bites her lip she's like he she gets like like a yeah. little like he she reminds com- her of being like a young woman where basically all the love that she ever thought of is now is now possible at the very beginning she doesn't yes. have to enter the practical part of being in a relationship um she gets who- to just be that young fun girl so you've brought up like the guys that we kind of root for, which I agree with. You got Easy, you got one of the Blakes, uh, you got Riley. These are the people you root for. Do you root for anybody else on this show? So far, no, because there's so goddamn many of them that I forget who they yeah, are. But dude, I, yeah, there's a lot. That's what I mean. Don't you get mad that ABC? It's like for the first three episodes, they need to have like a pinned name each time somebody comes on the screen. Like we need to get yeah. these names because they'll Just do it like on some it talking heads, but they'll do it on some talking heads, but then on others they won't. And I'm like, I don't remember everybody's name Who yet. Yeah. Which yeah. one is that? That's the, um, that's in, no, that's Zachary. Let me get a, let me get my sheet out. Zachary P. Oh no. C. <laughs> oh D. Oh, okay. Got it. But yes. I swear that they do that for the, um, the suitors the first night because they don't remember their name. And so they get to the rose ceremony. They need flashcards. I would like flashcards. They should like be on a mailing list and for the premiere, they send you flashcards and you can follow along. And I then can figure out who I like and who I don't like. Well, Give me a couple of pointed lists of who they are, what they do, why I should like them, how long they'll stick around. But I do <laughs> think that the ones that I remember are the because they're the ones that they're pushing on us the most of like, these are the potential others that are really great because you know they always promote a couple of people as like these are the the front runners and i can't figure out and i I would love to get your opinion i can't figure out if the bachelor producers are aware that we know there's going to be a switch and they're trying to show us still a love game as if they're not addressing it 
or if they're like feel bad for these men, they get overlooked. That's what I can't figure out because as much as they promote how much Evie is attentive and how Riley is like he's a, a man because she calls him a man and Blake is you know going for it and he's really into her. <laughs> as much as they promote those men, I'm like, are they doing that so we'll feel bad for them because they know we know? Or are they doing that and pretending we don't know? And they're like, look, it's anyone's game. And I'm like, is it? Well, I think, think we'll see. No, now I feel like they're they're hyping it up like because they know we know. I think they're trying to almost make these guys look like idiots. I feel like part of their entertainment value is that, we, like you said, we know. So it's like we do have this kind of sympathy and it's like another way to watch of like, oh, man, it's going to hurt them when they find out. Oh, my God, it's going to be intense. So I think that's part of it. Um, also, Chris Harrison, is he the luckiest man in showbiz? Um, I find him to be oddly entertaining outside of this show. There's always like some clip where someone asks him. I love, you know what I love? I love when he goes on talk shows because he's the worst guest ever because he is a host. Yeah. And to me, hosts don't make good guests. Because you're on TV and you're used to asking the questions and they always like combat the questions. It's so funny. And I, but I love watching him talk about these shows because he's a fan. He's an obvious fan. And I love that. And I think it's Meredith Vereira, like a few years ago, who was like, hey, who would you not want your daughters to be set up with? Like of all the bachelors ever. And this was only a few years ago. So I love it when he's the host because I don't find him to be super lucky, but I do find him to be like the ultimate person I would love to watch this show with. And for people who do watch, his answer was Chris Souls. That's the one who he oh, would never wow. want his girls to. And I was like, over one? Oh my God. That's crazy. He well, said Chris Souls. And I was like, ooh, that's a choice. And I only mean lucky in the sense that like just having that kind of study work as a host or an actor is just yeah, no, like, I mean, imagine sense. that, imagine that kind of like study work of like, this is his life and he's able to do whatever he, he has a family. I mean, it's the best possible work. You just have to like step out of the bushes and go, hello, Claire. You know, like it's, it's like, so it's like a dream <laughs> job, you know? Yes. And the way he talks, it's like, it's so easily duplicated, but now he is so, He's such he's so tattooed into the show's yes. brand yes. that he could never leave because even if you could duplicate it, no one would let you. Even if I was like, oh, this person's better, I'd still be like, but Chris had a certain edge. He was just so <laughs> and it's always because out of nowhere someone starts crying and Chris just shows up. Like, and it's always Yes, he's always woman, in a dark alleyway. Yes, he's just, there's a woman, they start crying and they walk away, and you're always like, where are they going? And they outstretch their arm and then just appears Chris. And it's like, oh, they're going to Chris. Like he's just there, and I love that. I hope he's like that with his own family. Like his son has like a like a bad breakup, and he just pops in. He's like, hello, I did. I heard I that conversation didn't go so, well because like he like left to take his son to college or something. And, and he wait, and you heard he wasn't allowed are. to come. He wasn't allowed to come back for a little bit because he had a quarantine. His own show, isn't that crazy? Yes. Well, and that's he what still I was like. Went to go do it. But do you think he was like freaking out of like I I can't give them like I I love my son, but like this is like what if they're trying to like place me at a certain point no, like they did on dancing I, with the stars like they did that with but, dancing with but, the stars. but but they they gave him they didn't get another host i found that to be a little bit you know job security they didn't get another host they got bachelors to, bachelorettes to do it okay they yeah. got contestants people <laughs> who we know will not do this job well and we will be begging for chris back in like two weeks but what i find funny is that 
I know for a fact, and I'm willing to put money on this, he will FaceTime at least the first person to replace him. If the first one's JoJo, who's there to replace him, I bet you money he will FaceTime her. So we will still see Chris that week. We will see him. So yeah, he's like, he's like, like, hey, I'm still here. I'm show. here. Yeah, he's like, he's like forget about me. I know you'll be great. Kill it. As if he's like, I know I'm in charge yes. and I'm establishing yes. that, like that it's, dominance. Yeah, and thank it, you for it. babysitting. And I will be home by nine. Now, do you think I'm like going to Bravo really quick? Do you think, could you potentially ever see like a housewives with a host? where a host pops in to say like the Monique, uh, the Monique uh, Candace fight where he's like, ladies, I see we've gotten into an argument here. You know, like, could you ever see Bravo adopting anything? Like Andy's kind of like the overall host of the network, but could you see these shows ever having a host element in like housewives or Vanderpump rules? Um, I don't because the element for them is, it's not competition enough. Um, It's not, we aren't as included in the narrative enough to me where the host can guide them to being like, this is what people are expecting and ask them the questions that we want to know. The whole thing about housewives is they love to pretend like it's so real that no matter what, this is just a real life. And they're mentioning it all and showing it all in order. And nothing was redone ever. And it's like, honey, we know better. The Bachelor though, I love they constantly reflect that they're on a show even though they know they have to film a show. So they know they have to be dramatic. They know they have to do the most. They know that someone has to be a villain. They know these things. They know they have to do something to stay on the show long enough for us to remember their names and then give them a subscription swipe up later. So they do what they have to do to be on a show, but they still reference the show. And it makes for excellent television. When And this is why I'm saying the Bravo people, we uh, we scream whenever the fourth wall is broken. We're like, oh my god, there uh, we see a boom. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a cameraman. <laughs> yeah. I literally pissed so myself. Funny. I'm like, oh my god, this literally, is insane. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> but on the Bachelorette, she has a conversation with an uh, an obviously a need reading young man who she's like, so what do you like about me? And he's like, uh. What? I'm not okay. on the show and uh, I don't, I don't, a show. And she's like, so before the show. And uh, they're mentioning the show. Normally we would not get that. But because they're mentioning the show, we get some of the best awkward cringe moments I've ever seen on television. And that would not happen if they weren't constantly aware of the fact that we know what we're watching and we're in on it too. So what Monty is referring to at the end of the second episode this week, there was uh, a group date where, with five of the guys that won the uh, the Dodge Naked Dodgeball tournament, and he mm. pulls her aside, and they're having this conversation, and he was like, "Oh, I was so glad it was you. I signed up, you know, when it was you." And and she pretty much <laughs> asked him, "She's like, well, what what did you like about me?" And he's like, "Well, you know, you're beautiful." And she's like, "Well, what else?" She's like, "He's like, well, I don't really, I didn't really watch you, so I don't know, you know." And she's like, "But you said you signed up." because it was me and like really like digs mm-hmm. in to that question and he gets so nervous and like that he's like hey can we not talk about this she's like no we have to talk about this this is what we're here to do we're here this to talk about the this. whole point of the show and i yeah. was like yeah and he he's he's so used to being a guy and not being questioned that he can't like he can't he's like short circuits oh, I see his wills turn oh he's like he but he doesn't know he can't even like lie on exactly. the fly he's just like uh uh and he goes well none of those other guys in there and she goes no you know they like my determination they like my will and then i was even like claire calm down they're not you know like but uh she's like i guess girl yeah, and then he goes and then, he first out a man who told you he wasn't gonna make yes, it. it but then he goes um come on 
we've had moments before in there and you can't deny that we've had moments. And she goes, well, actually, I don't think we have had moments. And that's why I'm here talking to you to see if we could possibly have a moment. And she cuts them loose right there. And it was one of those cringe scenes because you see there's something about seeing the realization of somebody losing on national television. Like there's something in the eyes that when their brain is trying to process it and somebody, a lot of these guys, and especially who's the guy, what's his name? Yosef. Oh, okay. So like Yosef, Yosef is, (laughs) Yosef is a really bad guy. And you kind of like, I wanted to get your opinion on casting is that a lot of these people like Yosef, it's like, they think they're on it because of the whole package. When in reality, I believe Casting is like, yes, good looking guy. And yes, he's a potential basket case. Let's get him on. Yeah, I think I think the good news is Bravo. What I do love about Bravo, because I do love Bravo. It's my life. It's my podcast. They love to cast people who is debatable. It is arguable at best who is casted for what role. We truly don't know what they casted you for because, you know, you see like a Michael Rappaport on Watch It Happens Live and he'll say, he looks at King of Dead in the face and goes, you know you were casted as a villain though, right? And I could right now go through my DMs and if I pose a giant question on my story, I'd have at least 35 people go, no, she's not a villain. King is the best. King is the queen. It's Nini who's the villain. And I'm like, and then you have people who are like, uh, excuse me, Nini has given us everything. Like everything is arguable for them of what everyone's role is. Bachelor, that's not a thing. It's very clear. You are here to stir a pot. You are here to be the person who goes, I never wanted to tell you this and I don't want to start drama, but I just feel like I should tell you, or I know someone from home and I never wanted to share this with you. And they're using their time to start shit. And then you know who the villains are and you know who the people that we're meant to root for are. It's very clear cut. And Yosef but what I like, is but you clearly think, the you, villain. Do you think, do you think Yosef, but like you think Yosef knows he's the villain? Because Yosef already in this episode, he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm not, he goes, I'm not liking a lot of the things I see from Claire and I'm going to let her know. Like she, he literally says that to the other guy. She hasn't done anything yet. Like, I mean, no. this is not to get fully defensive of Claire. I just like, I get it. They've been waiting for so long because there's so much that they had to go through to get here, but she still has to work her way through 31 men. So even <laughs> if they've, I get it. He's like, well, I just got here and I was expecting fireworks and some dates and kisses and a rowboat and a Ferris wheel, but it's literally we too. Like he, she just got there. So even if we know she's working off of only Dale he is expecting her to give so much more. And I'm like, they haven't done anything yet. They're just starting to film the show. But the only problem is y'all have done way too much to get through this, that you don't want to do the petty little fun stuff. But that's not really on Claire. That's more so on the show. They're still trying to do that fun dating thing that they do where it's like smash cars and race cars and bikes and all these yeah. things. Like, you know, what is it? Hannah Brown had all her men doing like labor pains. I was like, this is not a date. This is well, just I weird. Feel, like it was strange. I I feel we're about to see them build like an addition to the hotel or something. Like they don't know, like we yeah. only have the hotel to work with. Like, are they going to like do laundry in the hotel? And that's going to be they're a competition. Gonna, I think they're going to keep bringing things to the hotel, to the resort to make the date. And I think he's just jumping the gun. So I think he does know that he's meant to stir stuff up because the very first night he was 
addressed as such as someone who kind of will do what he has to do to get on this show. And I just think that now it is probably backfiring because but the, the excuse that I don't want my dad to see me butt naked on TV. I was like, that's a dumb excuse. You're a grown man. Tell your dad not to watch one. If you're that concerned Two, well, we know what it means before. Well, we know it means he has a small wiener. That's what we know. It means. <laughs> But like, it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, that's such a stupid reason to go and blow everything up and to tell Claire, you know, you don't like what she's doing and then inevitably yell at her and just kind of go after her for things that in in a weird way, though I'm not her biggest fan, she cannot control. She still has to work through 31 men, meaning group dates are going to be 15 to 20 people, meaning we have to do 15 to 20 people activities. Like I like God's that you're. Wor- I like that you're very worried about her working her way through 31 men. You're like she's got to get through the men. I mean, um, it's, what are the other awkward? She's doing the best she can. She already <laughs> sent someone home in the middle of his sentence. Okay, she's doing her best. <laughs> One of the other awkward scenes this uh, past week's episode is that she is on another group date or something and she comes out and she sits down and everybody's having drinks and all the guys were like broing out together and um, <laughs> they were broing out together. This was the greatest scene and I've ever seen. And she sits down and she's like, hey guys, what's going on? Like, you know, uh-huh. and, and then the guys don't say anything like they're they're like they don't it's like awkward and Normally all of a sudden they would she's jump like and they'd be like can i steal you like right away and yeah. he's nodding at her <laughs> and so she grabs i think it was like blake or something and she goes into the other room and then all of a sudden uh-huh. she's talking to the guy and she's like you know what wait a sec i'm uh i'm livid and i want to be president so i gotta go I take care of this get my mind off yeah, of this, and, she and comes i just out. need to say something you guys she goes back to all the guys and she's like guys you're here for me and I need everybody to be a, like, nobody even wanted to talk to me. What's up with that? And all the guys are like, uh, Do you guys yes, not want to hang out with me? Yeah. Cause and you're making like, me what? feel horrible. Oh. And, and then all the guys are like, I'd like to hang out with you. And then the guys, can I rectify that? And the one guy, I think Yosef is like, uh, can I speak for the whole group? And and he's like, no, speak for yourself. And then the guys get into a fight about him speaking or trying to speak for the group. But what he says ends up being trash. So I kind of get why they were like, we don't really want to be a part of that. Well, we she, don't called know cra- she called him like, crazy. Do. She kind of called her crazy in a way, I believe. Yeah. He was like, uh, can I, if I could speak for the group? No, I was just going to say, you're crazy to think that we don't want to hang yes. out with you. And I'm like, okay, no, there's... because the, you don't call a woman crazy for feeling how Dude. she feels. Well, because she also didn't know you wanted to hang out with her. No one said anything. Like, did I think she was overreacting? Yes. But to say, well, you're crazy to think we don't want to hang out with you. That's why we're all here. Is she like, can you not say that she's crazy while you're trying to compliment her? That's weird. I think guys like you know, we're lugheaded and stupid in so many ways, but like, I feel like there's a couple things that we all know is that we all know. Don't call a woman crazy. Don't ask like their age. Don't like, there's a couple things that you should know not to do. And yes, like, Claire will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Claire, you don't have to ask. And that's amazing. So, um, but that's what I think that like that awkwardness was amazing. Then they had kind of like this uh, love senses tournament. And I was cracking up because they were like, you know, the, the date, the date <laughs> card so comes, wild. the date card comes. And then they, I just love, I just really love the camp atmosphere is that they, they're like, follow the hearts. And like, you can just imagine some poor PA had to put little hearts outside of the, the hotel room leading to somebody's like some like auditorium where they're doing this. And I just love that. The, I just, the creativity of them trying to make this work is another aspect of this season that I'm really loving. I really appreciate the the effort. 
Because Bachelorette was also <laughs> one of the few in the early shows to start filming again. They were one of the early crew. And it, it makes sense because it's incredibly quarantined and social distant. It's possible. But people were very nervous at first because they were like, don't they all just make out in the, the whole time? Because that's a very clear way to get Corona. But they were one of the very early shows to go back into production. And so they're really trying to make it because they know middle America and sororities in college need this. Without this, they are nothing. Like I remember Bachelorette night. I didn't get to watch right away because um, where I live is not outfitted for ABC or whatever. And it needs to stop. It's very rude. And I was, one of those women. I was like, I need to watch. I want to be a part. I want to be on this bandwagon. And all of my social media was all of the lovely and amazing, very friendly and white girls from sororities that I'm still very much so close to who are having full-on parties. And I'm like, why can't I go to the party? And well, see, that's why these shows work. These shows work because of the community. That's why Bravo works because of the community. That's why these shows work because it makes you at the end of the day, feel less alone. It makes you feel connected. And especially in this time of COVID and watching Bachelorette not by yourself is way better. Way better. Yes. I mean, totally. I mean, like, I, I sometimes like now I'm sure you're the same way is that like, we take notes during watching shows or, you Mm -hmm. know, and it sometimes takes the, um, takes the old joy you get out out of it. Well, yeah, because like now if I want to watch it once just for myself, I know that I'm going to have to watch it again for notes and like you just hear like time management and stuff. But um, I think community, it really, that's what it all boils down to. And I think that's why these shows really, really work. And that's why you said this is really important that this worked because it was one of the first shows to go back in production. So they needed to show that it could work so we can get some sense of normalcy back there, even if it's just The Bachelorette. Yes, absolutely. And as a young Black woman who has literally no connection to any aspect of this show, it is saving me through this this really weird time. And it makes me feel like I'm watching with my roommates. And it's something that we're bonding over that we I mean, we're rushing home from the few things that we're able to do. And on a day full of wearing masks all day long and, you know, being really annoyed and stressed and any job that we can take and being in school. And it's like, we're watching other people kind of live what we can't right now, which is being mask free and running around and gallivanting and wearing cute dresses and makeup. Well, and I remember people. watching uh, a year ago or like, or I'm actually once January, but when the bachelor aired, we did an episode on the bachelor in January or February of last year, I believe. Yeah. And we talked about that and it reminded me of that. I was like, Oh my God, I remember all the way back then. And I was just living life and just doing whatever. And we were just like making fun of like, it just, it just, random how everything's changed so much but at the same time that's why these shows are important uh the other awkward thing about this episode was so one of the blakes this is the other big awkward scene was that she had mentioned it earlier they lost the naked uh dodgeball tournament blake gets in there and he's livid at himself he's like i am not getting the time with her i am screwed smoked because it was good dodgeball people Literally every round you lost, you took off a piece of clothing, like strip anything else. They were the only team that got all the way down to their butt cheeks to the point where they didn't they like even the playing field. Yes, she was like, okay, okay, you take your pants off, you you take take your shirts off. Um, 
but so so Mope. he he goes back he's still naked he's livid with himself which is this when you realize he really cares because he's like i don't have that special moment with claire i need that special moment he's lost but like Monty said earlier this wouldn't have worked in a normal scenario but he goes and finds the group date and he pulls her aside and he goes i'm sorry to interrupt but and all the other guys are like whoa 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 you know but he literally pulls her aside and she's like really stunned and he's like hey uh, and also just in the first episode, he's the one that actually reached out to Claire during quarantine when you were not right. supposed to. So he's already broken the rules a little bit, but she had kind of said she liked it. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he does it. And she kind of seems like whatever about it. She's like, well, there's guys in there. And then you guys, he goes in for a kiss and she pulls back. Ooh, rejection. And that's, and you see, that's another great moment to see his face. <laughs> Of like he and he he walks away. He's like going, uh, "That's uh, not how I thought it would go. I haven't been rejected I've never like that in a while." That kind of rejection yes. before, and I'm like, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy." But you know what's wild to me is that all that happened, and she did all that because she knew it was disrespectful to the guy she was on the date with. But then the very next day, when she does have another group. She gives him a rose early, yes. earlier than rose ceremony, because he did show balls and That's try what... and go and do this. And she goes, I never want you to doubt where you are again. And I'm like, you didn't have to give him a rose, though. You could have yeah. also not rejected him and he wouldn't have doubted it. Well, but... that's what cra- that's what cra- like was crazy was that. Like he, you know, I thought he really was going to go home. I thought she wasn't going to let like, and then she actually rewarded him the next day. And so then he comes into all the other guys. They see the rose on his lapel because he just stands there in front of him. And then all the guys are like, okay, cool. There are no rules anymore. There are no, there is no rules of engagement. It is, it is any, anything's fair game. And so, I mean, yeah, like, but in, also in 2020 and in COVID, everything is fair game. Do whatever you got to do at this But point. I like, like the Lord of the Fly. I like the Lord of the Flies element. Like there's everything just like going yes. to like, they're like, no. And how many more episodes is, uh, do you think before Claire's out? I think we get this next one and that's it. I really do. I think we at most are four. Um, three was my max or was my minimum and four is my max. I And I want to correct. I It wasn't Yosef saying it was his dad that he didn't want to see naked. He didn't want him to see him naked on TV. It was his daughter, I believe, because he's the one with the daughter. My only combat to that, though, is if he is the one running out of the resort, yelling at this woman, obscenities yeah. about her age and her age, age shaming her and talking about like, you're the, I expect him of no, this bachelorette and who may or may not have had a girlfriend according to episode one, who was being kind of shady and shitty then. Your daughter also should not need to see that. Seeing your booty is not what's going to uh, upset her. I work with children. I work with children younger than 12 years old because I'm an elementary school teacher and teaching student. They will see a booty and giggle their heads off. But what they will internalize is you yelling things about age, being shady, things like that. They will internalize a lot of other things like your actions, your concern and what you need to take out on Claire, what isn't Claire's fault is not that in fact you could have just been like um i have a daughter and i really think this is kind of inappropriate so i'm not gonna do that and then i think someone even gave like a good uh explanation they were like 
you could have just like left on your boxers or something like you could have done something else if that was the case but for you to get so viscerally upset about it later and hinge it on your daughter and what made me mad is because I'm also fresh eyes off of Juan Pablo season which is where she came from and I watched Bachelor Goat greatest of all time where they recapped all of Claire's journey before she got to this point and this is exactly what Juan Pablo used to do every bad decision that he made or every Thing that he did unfair to a woman, he would hinge it on his daughter. He would literally say, well, it's because of my daughter. Like, And that's exactly what he did to the woman he ended up proposing to. He said that he had a ring in his pocket and he just couldn't give it to her. He was going to give it to her. But but your dad said this. So it's your dad's fault. And then my daughter, I just want her to be included. So it's my daughter's fault. And this is exactly what he is doing. You're upset that you didn't get time with Claire, even though you got butt ass naked on TV. And you want to make it your daughter's fault so she'll feel guilty about it. And that's wrong. That's manipulative. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, so all in all, I think I'm really excited about this season still. Like I really enjoyed watching the second episode. This is amazing. Yeah, it really is one of those things that I'm actually looking forward to next week's episode. And I think I had already started to have a little fatigue on last season of the bachelor by the second episode. So I'm like fully in and I cannot wait to see. Like, I think this is where the production really flies is when they're thrown with all these kind of circumstances that they have to deal with. I think that's like the, the, uh, what is that? Um, the nature of the invention. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, of some and smart I've gotten that I cannot so <laughs> many people. And if y'all listening, I, I love you. Thank you for believing in me. I've gotten so many people onto this show who would never ever watch, and they were like, "I don't get it," and I'm gonna try it. I've gotten people who are watching for the first time. Like, if there's ever a season, I think it's this one because there's just so many things happening. Yes. And you can complain about Bravo being slow, and I get that. But there's other things, and it makes you almost appreciate Bravo's normalcy a little you bit know more. I think of it, and this is kind of a, a, I guess, more of a little guy thing. I don't know how many people, but it's like Marvel and DC are the two comic book companies. You know, they're like huge comic book companies. And I think of like, you know, like Bravo's like Marvel. Like they got, they got all the heavy hitters. They got all Marvel. But then you got like, but but then I think like, you know, like, uh, DC is like uh, ABC, Netflix. You got to compare them all. But Marvel and DC can coexist. You can like both things. You do not have to be. You can be Marvel. a Batman fan. I love The Dark Knight, but I also watch every single Marvel movie. That's yes, fair. And, you, and that's me with Bravo. We want all the options. We, you know, Netflix is putting out some really interesting, like even their, have you seen Deaf You yet, uh, Moni? About oh, the I ASL haven't, but college? I need to because it's home. It's, so, it's, it's home only, for me. It's 20 minute episodes. It's really like, you know, it's real people. And you're just like, yeah. man, I love this. I love the art form of reality shows. So as we like start winding down a little bit, just on Bravo really quick, where are you yeah. at in terms of, I was saying I went through a little bit of, I think, an emotional exhaustion after Beverly Hills in New York um, stopped because I had just I had gotten so frustrated with Beverly Hills by the end. Where are you at spiritually with Bravo? Um, Spiritually, I am still um, a member of this religion. I am still going to church. I watch Potomac every week. Yeah, I am a Sunday church goer, literally. <laughs> so I'm there every Sunday. Um, I am not going to all the Bible studies, like the weekly shows, like the weeknights. Those are the more elective ones. Not there, but I am going to Potomac, and that's about 
all I have right now until I'm very excited for November 11th. That is when um, is that Salt, Lake? Salt Lake City does premiere. I'm very excited about it. I think we will need it. It is the week after the election. I think it'll be oh very my God. fun to have something else to oh my God, drink so mindlessly in- to. How about that? That's what I want to do. Just, and that's I what I'm wish we do. could put. I wish we could put our bodies in some kind of like carbonite freezing for the next three weeks and just get through it. Um, uh, cause that is, I, my stomach just got like queasy when you just said that it'll be a week Sorry, after the people. election. Like, oh I no, really, I just put it into you, perspective for no, them. You forget, like, you forget, oh, no. you forget. You're like, oh my God, I have to go through the election to watch Salt Lake. Like, I, uh, so, but see, uh, that's I, what, say we have to get through just another Tuesday, just another Tuesday. Yeah. And if the Wednesday is not to your liking, whomever you are, hump days are always hard so just say it's one more hump day it's just we're gonna get there and i am very excited for salt lake and that is probably i'm gonna watch the new below deck um i couldn't get with this season just because captain sandy i've never been a fan of i don't really like (laughs) her she's gonna she's gonna hurt some like i think she's gonna crash the yacht one day she is not she should not be she should not be trusted with that yacht she feels very like a much a lot like a gaslighter to me. I don't really like the way she captains or commands yes. the boat. It feels like she's always has a smile on while criticizing the job that you do and demanding so much of you. Like I hated the way she talked to Hannah last season. I wasn't really here for it again this season. I saw in the trailer she was like, "I should have fired you." I don't respect people who do that. And I'm like, that was first of all your decision not to. Second of all, this is a show and you didn't have as much say as you thought you did. And the and and to say that basically you're just. Being being a hard ass and because you know you and Lee and Big, we're all women so we're not being hard on a woman I'm like this is the click though this is that mean girl mentality that I only like my housewives and I didn't sign up for it here because everyone on housewives is an equal this is a clear hierarchy situation and we're kind of going after the person that we don't like on it to kind of push them out and push someone else in and I don't like things like that so I'm here for Captain Lee because he genuinely never gives a fuck. Like his face never looks like he gives a fuck. His body language doesn't give a fuck. The walkie-talkie that he taps onto his lip doesn't give a fuck. The whole <laughs> sounds like you have a crush on Captain Lee. It sounds I, like you really I mean, have doesn't? something for Captain Lee. The whole Lee. nation does. He's the stud of the sea. <laughs> I'll even do it without Kate. I mean, I love Kate, and I'm here to see a new one. Like I'm excited about that, and. I'm excited about Salt Lake, and I think that's all we're getting right now. I heard Jersey might come out in early uh, next winter, like uh, February or something. So that's kind of fun. But until then, I mean, I'm here for all things Bravo except the league. But other than that, I'm good. Well, we still have no news on Vanderpump Rules, and I know you were dipped out on the season uh, for good reasons. Uh, yeah, they're making it season. really hard to bring themselves back. They're acting. That's up. what I'm saying. Is that like it? It's. <laughs> it's bizarre. And I just wonder what is going on in that. Like they can't seem to control themselves. And I almost think like, are they, are they filming and we just don't know it because they seem like they're just. No, because Jack babies. keeps talking about how they're not filming. Like he keeps talking out the yeah, Jack's of his neck thinking that yeah. it'll like promote and or propel something to happen. And I'm like, that's not how these things work. Honey. But what's funny is that they are the same production company as OC. So if OC could film during the quarantine, they just might not want you back, baby. That's Ooh, okay. that's a great point. Now, I wish also when every time Jax would go live on IG, they would put his bank account up and we would see how it goes like low each month. Like I want to see how much money he's spending a month. <laughs> I want to see how much he has saved. I just want to know that like 
I, I just I just want Jax to be broke at one point, and I know that's evil. I know that's bad. I mean, he has a new baby coming. No, that I mean, is yes, I want the baby to be a great. choice. Yeah. Um, no, that wasn't where I was going with it. I'm just like, that's a choice. <laughs> um, it was a choice, and not a choice like all things. That's not me. I love babies. I love all babies. That's the best thing that's going to ever happen to that family. It's a choice to procreate with a man like Jax, and it's a choice to procreate with a woman like Brittany. That's what I mean by that's a choice. So um, all the best to them. I will say I am praying for Brittany's mother, though, because as hard as Brittany is as a person yeah, yeah, to yeah. even tolerate, her mom is going through a lot. And I feel like both of them have had now at this point such trauma with parents that I feel um, very, very badly for them because at the same time, Brittany is pregnant. So I want the baby to be, you know, I want her to be as stress-free as possible. Jax is already a lot of stress because he's very much so a we're pregnant kind of man. So he's going to be like, this is hard on me. Look what I did. Look what I did. (laughs) Brittany should not have stress of her husband or of her mom not being well. And I just think that, you know, anything that could help eliminate that, you know, hopefully Miss Sherry is healed and and well soon because she seems to be having a really tough time being in and out of the hospital. But there's a lot of babies on Vanderpump. It just, to me, that show feels so old. Like it feels overdone. It feels like they're grasping at straws. And I hate to think for a moment, not a legend that this is true, but I hate to think for a moment that they're all trying to get pregnant or something to somehow hold on to their show. And the fact is, even if that's not true, the fact that someone could feel comfortable thinking that about them, because if anyone would do it, it would be that cast, lets me know I think it's time for them to go. I really do. I think they've also read enough yeah, of their own reviews. Yeah, there's such a weight. Yeah, they've read enough of their own reviews where they're like, oh, people want Vanderpump babies. They want Vanderpump graduates. They want to see us buy houses and have babies. That they're almost trying to will it themselves. And I can't. Yes. I can't do it. Four women pregnant at the same time, all in the same friend group. I've watched the Lifetime movie, A Pregnancy Pack, like nine times. And that's what it feels like. It feels well. That's on you. That's on wild. you watching that movie that it many times. It is on me. It's a good movie um, for bad, as, as bad movies go. Um, okay. And then also, I know you've talked about this, I'm sure, ad nauseum, but where <laughs> are you this week on Monique and Candace's fight? Um, I still am team the table. Everyone's wrong. Everyone's right. I think that but when you uh, get the law, when you sue somebody, when you uh, this week, she, you know, she went to court. Candace went to court and, and did press the charges, press charges against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where where so I feel like that takes it to. And even when they were at the sip and see, you know, you had Candace and her mom there. And even what do you think about like. I just I thought there was something Monique said that was interesting a couple of weeks ago when she was trying to, like, tell the ladies, you know, where her head was at and stuff is that. She said there has to be something said for somebody that gets in your face all the time and talks back to you and all that. Like there has to be something said. And like, I kind of thought there was a point there of like, you can't go running your mouth all the time and not expect something to eventually happen for it. Unless you're Donald Trump. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I'm not saying Monique was right in what she did, but Candace this week, 
talking so much to her own husband who loves her. Just stop. Who I'm very glad has more restraint than Monique because that would be disgusting, right? So it is possible to have, to be around someone who talks so much and practice restraint, clearly. Because Chris must be the most patient man in all of America. But he literally is looking her dead in her face like, shut (laughs) up. Just stop, just stop, just stop. To me, I thought she was going to incriminate herself. I thought she was going to get her own case thrown out, basically talking too much and defending. The problem is when you press charges criminally or at all, you can't then go. You, If you're already going to claim victim, you can't also claim worthy opponent because that's not what assault is. Like you can't say, oh, she came at me out of nowhere and attacked me physically and be like, well, she should have and this and that. And next time, maybe I would have. And I'm like, you can't do both. Either it was a fair fight and you didn't like the outcome or you were blindsided and you can prove that in a court of law. But if that's the case, you can't do both. And she was so prepared to give Ashley like a, you weren't even there. And I was this and this and that. And I am, this is what I'm saying. Like I can never be team Candace, but I also can't really be team Monique. So I am in a, I'm in a place where I am hoping we know Monique is going to press counter charges in the state of Maryland. Uh, you're able to do that. You're able to basically say it, it press criminal charges and say, look, you didn't, the police did not do enough of that investigation. We don't have enough info. And it's mainly done to get her own case thrown out, which works because it's like to say, oh, we're about to bring cases to this person. But before we can start this trial, you need to be bringing cases, uh, charges against this person because of what they did. The judge can really be like, well, there's just clearly too much commotion here to figure out what really went down if you're both saying that like not enough was invested so throw it all away and that ends up happening i don't think they'll ever be friends again i'm more so curious to see i want monique to address it at the reunion but i think she's talking too much currently and that's why watch what happens live the watch what happens live appearance i was like i was like Oh my God! Why are you saying this before the reunion? This is going to be that's why. Like, that's this why is I think crazy. she's not staying. I don't think she's sticking around. Yes, I don't. I, I think that after well. the show, I think that after the reunion, I think she's going to be done because she's like breaking all the rules at this point. But I mean, at the same time, I've always been maintained that Monique has the the least to lose here from the show and the most to lose in real life. So she. Do you think T'Challa will stay? Do you think T'Challa will choose to stay or go? I love that. I don't know. I I think that it would be great if Monique left, but then T'Challa actually stayed. I think Andy will try to get like a stuffed animal version of T'Challa and like keep it in the clubhouse because (laughs) that's just Andy should take. He'll be like, We've got T'Challa, what's that? And then he'll like (laughs) he'll incorporate it like that boot he does, like a long time or whatever. Like, what's that T'Challa? (laughs) <laughs> so Charles, then I'll be like, this is why there's rumors your show is not going to last, honey, because this is not it. Um, so as we close up your show, mixing with Monty, what do we, what do we have coming up? What do you, what do you, are you changing anything in terms of not your, like, how have you grown through this process? Like I, I, I I've, yeah. I've, I've seen myself grow in certain ways or maybe regress in certain ways. What have you noticed this year of doing this podcast? What have you learned? I have noticed I need to just take the shot. And I think that's it's it's afforded me a lot of things that the most anyone can ever say is no. 
Um, I am so true to myself, so painfully myself, that no matter what people ask for, or what they say, I just simply can't change it. I explain it as best I can, but I'm like, it is what it is. So, and I think it's really worked. It's made people feel like they can connect with me to the point where they're on the front lines telling people, you should have this person on your podcast. You should talk to this person. I mean, yeah. it's how that's I got the, that's, on. that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It's when, the best. I mean, it's how I've gotten people. I've had people tweet me and they're bold, right? The people are bold. So they, yeah, but way bolder me. than I would be. I get scared. I'm like, do, 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 do. I'm like oh no. And they corner people. Like uh, one of my amazing listeners, Samaj, he cornered. Oh, I know Danny Samaj. Pellegrino. Samaj is amazing. Yes. Samaj is amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. He is truly a gem and he has all the energy in the world. And he cornered Danny, Pen- Danny Pellegrino in Twitter one day. I was like, you need to get her on there. I am a patron. I subscribe weekly. He put a picture up of his patrons, his patronage of his patrons that I want you to have money on the show. And Danny was like, let's do it. Wait, Samaj cracks me up because Samaj listened to my podcast, I think because of you or something like that. And then he decided to before he signs up for the Patreon, he's going to go back and listen to every episode. And for my episodes, that's like insane because they're like five hour episodes. So yeah. he'll tweet. He'll be like, I'm up to episode 28. He'll be like, oh my God, your money's on. Like, so it's really funny. Somebody that went back from the beginning he's and he's making his way through yes. every episode. And I said, yes. you got to come on after you've listened to everything because I need to know your experience of like listening to me for that long. It's like insane. But Samaj, if you're listening, love you. Like that's amazing. That's awesome. Like he's incredible. And he got me, but then also I tweeted one day is like, who does Brielle have to blow to get me on bitch sesh? And apparently the people were listening. They were like, uh, yeah, do that. And I damn near fell out when Daniel Schneider from bitch sesh was like, I can't believe this is anyone's dream is to be on our show. And I was like, are you kidding? What? What are you talking about? Like, obviously, I listen to you every Saturday. Please let me know if I can ever be of service. And then they got me on. And I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. And it really did. And I think that at this point, it means it, you really do miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I am it, out here just. It, oh, man, it's hard, though. I get so myself. nervous. I mean, that's a, you, you're right. Like you do miss 100. But like it is so hard sometimes to take those shots or like it's a it's a lifelong thing that I've gone through of of sometimes not pushing myself to go for it, you know, and that is something I'm learning this year. And like you said, the, the worst they can say is no, but it is sometimes it's one of the hardest things I've had to get over because I do personalize things or it does you, you're a, it's a lot of fear. So it is one of those interesting things that this podcast has afforded me the the right to grow or the right to like try to push myself. learned to live with rejection better. I used to think that I was so insecure that I couldn't do it. Yes, I couldn't exactly. be told yes. no. And that used to make me be like, hi, um, maybe if you could just possibly have like 20 minutes, maybe please, look, could you come on? And it would make it sound like they were really just doing me such a favor versus me selling it. It's like, it's going to be a fun time. I promise to bring it. I'll be prepared. I'll yes. watch my shows and do what I got to do. And, and I really, I think it changed the narrative and changed my own thinking because if I see people constantly listening or to one show, I'll be like, I want to be on that show or I want that show on mine. And I would say it honestly is exactly what happened when I first, someone first introduced me to your show. I think it was Megan O'Donnell who had tweeted that she had you on. And I was, I went to yours. I love the cover art. I said, that looks professional. I want something like that one day. (laughs) And then you found out it was wildly unprofessional. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I was like, I want to be on your show or you should come on mine. Will you come on? And you were like, yes. And I was like, yes. That was and the now coolest, here we are. Yeah, there, that is like, yeah, you, that's a great point. Uh, I mean, I, I really that it, it is such a cool community, even the people that do the podcast themselves. So I think it, it, like you said about Big Sash, I get shocked. Do you get shocked ever? Like, cause even I'll have people like, that'll be like, can I come on your podcast? And I'll be like, really? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can come yes. on. Like, I mean, it is one of those things that you like, really, you want to like, that is one of those things that it is. It's one of the pleasant things you're like, it makes you feel like for somebody that wasn't the cool kid growing up, it sometimes makes you feel like, oh, wow, somebody liked or somebody wants to talk to me like it's it's weird i agree i mean you know what i say i'm i'm happy and i'm grateful for all the things i'm really close to 10,000 followers i never thought oh you that guys go follow monty if you i know oh you guys God, i know we all no 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 but i didn't i didn't even think about it well i mean i'm sure you guys already all follow her but if you don't go follow her cuz you know she i mean unfortunately i hate to break it to monty that the swipe up does not fix everything in my life like I wanted it to, but it's a really Listen, nice thing to I have. I just want to be able to stop like just saying LinkedIn bio. And then when I promote my episode, people don't have to take 17 extra steps to go find it. That's all I want is to make it easier on the people to listen. I'm grateful. I think it's, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm overworking. So I do feel like I deserve it because I am easily guesting or recording three to four days a week every week for like months on it while in school and while trying to you know stay alive like everybody else like keep afloat during this weird time you don't say no you don't say no and like i I don't it'll be interesting that people keep asking yes that's the fear is that like it would be like there has been like there was a week a couple weeks ago that i didn't do any guests on any pods and i was like well, that's it. I'm washed up. I should pack it in. <laughs> Nobody. That's it. That's it. Well, it was a good run, folks. It was a good run. Um, have you ever gotten it wrong? Do you think? Have you ever had like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had handled this podcast differently. I wish I had handled this interview differently. Yeah, I had. Um, I was. I, I think it's because I get caught off guard. I was. I'm, I'm consciously aware all the time. I am always painfully aware of my own existence. It comes from me already having generalized anxiety disorder. So I'm constantly doing that in real life. Like I am in a room full of people and I'm always aware of my hands, my feet, what I'm doing, what I'm standing, what I'm looking like. So when I'm talking, I think that's what's awarded me so much relatability is because I'm able to say what I really mean to say. And I do it in a way that I don't regret. And I usually am like, you know what, if it, if it hit, it hit, if it didn't, that's fine. So it seems to do that more often because I don't phrase it in a way that feels abrasive. Um, So I am very lucky to be able to have done that and not feel regret, but there have been some interviews and stuff that I've been so caught off guard that I've been really like scared after the fact and been like, I don't like what I said there. Like, I don't like what I did. I was I didn't know what to say because I was just so caught off guard or I didn't like the way the conversation was going or I've gotten almost too angry. And I think that's kind of the reason why um, I've had so much empathy for Monique during this time, because to have a room full of your peers and your colleagues tell you that basically the entire uh, reception of the black female experience is now placed on your shoulders and you fucked it up at the same time. It felt, it feels personal because during like everything during the summer and black lives matter being very explosive and everything, I'm very used to it being, there being ebbs and flows. Someone dies, it goes on Twitter or Instagram. It becomes a hashtag. People go, what do I do? And we tell them you do the same thing that we always do. We march, we competitions, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. Three months go by. And they're like, 
yeah, I did that. That was great. I'm an ally. And then we wait until the next thing happens, but it really doesn't stop for like for us and for me. And so Never. during this time though, having a podcast, I was on everyone's show. Everyone is asking me and I'm like, this feels weird. Cause I sh- I'm not the only one, like I'm not the only black person. And the fact is there's still only five or six of us in this space. And that's still problematic. Like we need to make it a space that is bigger. Oh. The only reason I started it is because I never saw anyone that looked like me on the charts. I was like, who do I talk to? That's a question that I'd wanted to throw into the bachelor is that bachelorette is that what did you think? It seems to be a nice, even mix of, of culturally better. like so it like better. i mean it, and 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 but and, and i want to give credit to the bachelorette they're not making a thing of it it just seems natural no actually it just seems natural. always been like this i've noticed that bachelor does have the issue it is typically a very specific kind of woman that they end up casting and there's always i would say there's a, there's a three-person black rule on the bachelor there's always the girl who will start mess, who is arguably the more urban-esque one, who I ever doubt is, is actually like that and that they didn't cast her that way. There's the mixed girl, mixed race girl of at least one other thing uh, other than black who is a little bit more uh, whitewashed or who is the front runner because she's so racially ambiguous that she can go all the way. Top five. I'm thinking like <laughs> Katie from like a couple years ago, who is gorgeous, but they do that on purpose. Like you basically don't feel attacked by her blackness if she makes it to the final four. So there's that one. And then there's the, like the Tatias, whom I do like, but they're usually more whitewashed. She grew up in Orange County. They're a little bit more, um, they're, they play well in all corners of America. They're the kind that people are okay with. And like, the, the quote unquote the good kind like that's what they always have done on bachelor but bachelorette they've always done a really nice mix but i am i have seen the cast already of the bachelor for the first black bachelor in history that's coming up um the cast is very diverse and i'm very pleased by that and i think that that's something that abc has gotten right is that they listen and they're like oh this is a change we obviously could make like it's an easy one and that's all we're ever saying is it's a very easy one and i think that that makes people it makes my job a little bit easier and it makes me feel a little less unsafe and when i'm the only person doing like 60 different interviews at a time because everyone's in my dms like hey you're the one we know will you come on and talk about all things black and i'm like this is not saying i'm in the same position as monique obviously but it's like this is i I get it i get that whole like everyone is looking at you to answer the question for them on how we should regard everyone that looks like you and i'm like that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Please yeah. ask other people. And I think that um, the only thing I've ever think I've gotten wrong or not necessarily wrong, I wish I would have included, like I think, or said on, on air and held people accountable. I think you should have someone else on also, or I think you should interview so-and-so and hold them accountable on air. And I think that's really going to be. Wait, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Say that again. I think that that's the only thing I wish I've, I would have done is that when I was being interviewed so many different times about Black Lives Matter, having people oh, be gotcha. asking me, like, what can we do as allies? Gotcha, gotcha, and gotcha, I should gotcha. say, in, even in this space, because I would always say, watch our shows. Those ratings mean something. We get better budgets. We get better um, we get better playing time. We get better viewing time. We get better produce all the things. We get money that way. Atlanta has such a high-quality show because it – proved itself and got the big budgets. Give Potomac the same energy. Give Mary the Medicine, who without any promotion from Bravo, it seems, still manages to get a million ratings every episode is mind-boggling to me because it's a much better show than most things they have on TV. Like, watch all of us and 
give us more of a stage. It doesn't have to just be me at a mic. And I wish I would have just said more to people, hey, you know what? My friend Raven just started a podcast. You should have her on. Or Sasha, she, I'm glad yeah, exactly. getting yeah, yeah, the recognition yeah. yes. because they deserve it. Like Kaya and Aaron from Bravo Wild Black, some of the funniest people I've ever Oh, you know what? To. I keep forgetting I got to have them on. I, I, I haven't, they I've never had them a on. wild time i call them my cousins we're not related at all but that's something that black people just do we see each other most people already already think we all going to be related so we're like we cousins but we just have a kinship we feel it and they're fun they're a really fun time taria i know you know her oh god i love yeah she i mean that's that's, i loved talking yeah like there's just people like this just like wow that's really cool to spend the yeah, and that's the that's the thing that I'll always remember whenever this ends or whatever is that like so many cool conversations yes. that I got to meet so many cool people. I and got to have a fun time. We got to yes. relive the same experience we all saw and saw it in different ways. Or even that's like you said, like so the or even like the DMs you get to talk with people that you would never talk yes. with before, or that you or that somebody said, oh, your your stupid story made me laugh or something, or or somebody said somebody said the other day, like oh, thank you, you always make me laugh. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I mean, not that, but like, isn't that cool? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that, but that's like so neat for somebody to say like that, you know, like, you know, it's so strange to me when people tell me that like, oh, they're like, I love you, Monty. And I'm like, I am literally the least put together individual. Come live with me. You will not love me. I am doing nothing. I was like, do, here. Not, like, do not I meet me in real life. Into, do not meet me in real life. I talk into a void, and they're like, "Well, we love the void." I'm like, "Well, like, if it wasn't COVID, I would have been like, let's all have drinks." I'm still waiting to go to Buga de Beppo with oh, it's y'all. And it's happening. It's happening. Thing. I would. Lo- I've never been to LA. It's like my dream is to go, and I want to go. I so love badly. that you're going to come to LA, and then we're going to ruin it by taking you to Buga de Beppo, which is like, I know. People are like, That's what you want to go. I'm like, yeah, I want to do a Bravo tour. Okay? Yes. Which, by the way, there is like once COVID is free, like there's a real good Bravo tour in LA. Like you can really hit up some I great spots. That. Um, but I think that all in all, I really just hope that people feel safer and more comfortable having this you know opening up this field i mean look at BravoCon. the pictures don't reflect the audience to me like and it's not about taking things from anyone i listen to a slew of bravo podcasts before i started my own it just so happened to all the ones that i listened to no one was a person of color that i knew of yet so i just decided to that i mean i'm one who watches and I was like, someone might want to hear me. So it, it worked that way, but we can all listen to all of us. The, there's plenty to go around and we're never yeah. done listening to the same one archetype of person talking about these things. So we can just add a couple more. That's all. We all got time, especially right now. So yeah. commutes are long, add some more podcasting. You can still listen to your faves and still support some other kinds too. Yeah. Well, you said earlier in the, uh, the show that, um, Hosts don't make good guests sometimes. And I got to argue with you because you make an amazing guest. So thank, <laughs> thank you, you so for spending so much time with us today and for spending so much time with us all year this last year. And and, and I guys, if you don't know Monty, I know you do, but if you don't go check the podcast out, go listen to it, go subscribe, go hit that five stars. I know you just started a Patreon as well. 
go support that if yes. you want more content. Like it is one of those it's easy bachelorette. things. Bachelorette, I'm covering so the bachelorette. I did it for the people who batch. <laughs> it's really something that you know, a couple bucks a month. You know, uh, I have a Patreon as well. It's always going to be there. But like you know, if you if you like people like us, support us where you can. Uh, and if you can't afford that, I totally get it. But what you can do is hit that five star button on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's something That's you can free, do for honey. free. It's something you can do for free. Uh, I know Monty puts a lot of work into this like I do. And it's one of those simple things that you can do. Um, but it's one of those great things is that I don't have to sell Monty to you. She sold herself. Like she's just really good at this. So uh, go follow her on Instagram. She's very close to 10 K. Um, and don't do one of those things that once she hits 10 K unfollow her to see her go down to 9,999 again, keep her at 10 K. Right, no, I, that's why I was like, that's why anytime <laughs> I'm close to anything like that, I never even really say it. Cause I'm like, Cause you know, one person's going to be like, ha ha, take it away. So, um, Monty, thank you so, so much. Is there anything else that we need to know that we can support you, uh, this month? Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be all the same fun stuff. I'm going to have Danny Pellegrino on my show to talk, um, the fun things and some other really cool guests that are coming up. Um, I'm going to probably ask you right after this to come on and talk bachelor. Always, always. I'm I'm covering the entire season for the first time on my Patreon. The people who are really into it can have access to it without it being like super duper long and will be much more, you know, I'm doing three separate segments on the Patreon. I'm doing the bachelorette hot topics. So all the Bravo hot topics that I never get to during the week, I'll be asking the guests that I have on to talk about that just for the Patreon and what their thoughts are, what they're thinking about. And I'm covering OC season four, the Gretchen years (laughs) in lieu of this current season, but still getting that OC fixed, but no ratings are involved. And if you want to join that journey with me, I highly suggest that too. Um, I'm going to go all the way up to like the Heather years, which is some of my favorites. So for all that and so much more, you can obviously listen to me anywhere you listen to this one and follow me on all of the things by searching at Mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. Go Mixing Nation. Uh, so I will talk to you soon on your Patreon and and uh, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll keep talking to each other until, you know, <laughs> podcasts don't exist anymore and we're on TV so or something like over that. And then we're yeah. on to the next thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank having you. me. I always have fun here. Always. was money how good was that you guys so 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 good it's so good <laughs> uh so that brings us to the end of this episode a shortened episode at a slick sleek two and a half hours 
Can you believe, remember, I mean, I think at its longest, it was like five, almost six hours. There was like one pod that was like almost six hours. That's insane. What? (laughs) That's really insane. Um, So, yeah, I'm off to uh, Arizona to officiate this wedding. I'm really, I'm hoping to make it the specialist day for these folks, and I'm so happy to be a part of it, and I'm so excited, and I'll take you guys along on that journey, I'm sure. And um, I will be recording my parents' reactions to all the cards, and they'll be on the podcast. Uh, Like I said, I'll probably take a break next week because I'll be collecting interviews, but I'll be back the next week, and I'll share all that stuff with you guys if you're interested in that. And also, I'm sure I'll be highlighting some of this trip on my instagram because i can't just can't just enjoy it like a normal person um i like to share so uh anyways that uh so so i'm gonna leave you actually with the so sad it's good song but this is uh i'm choosing this song because i incorporate one of the lyrics uh from this song into the wedding that i'm officiating on saturday and of course um not of course but it is the uh, avet brothers and it's a song called i and love and you and uh i think it's very beautiful so check this song out and if you don't know the avet brothers what are you even doing they are so good they are so, certain albums of theirs are so good there's actually a documentary on them too Directed by Judd Apatow a couple years out, uh, a couple years ago on uh, HBO, and I thought it was really great because it's the band is is two brothers, and it really kind of like highlights their their working relationship, and it's fascinating how they kind of protect each other, how they grew up together, how they encourage each other, uh, the way they create albums. It, I, I found the documentary fascinating. I love I love the creative process behind anything. Because think about how hard it is for us to do anything in our lives and then to want – then to have the thing that you want to do in life be an outward expression of something inside of you blows me away how people come to that. You know, I think that's always the question. That's always fascinating of like, wow, how – I mean, first off, why did you have – I mean – what is that thing in you that you want to share? And then how do you go about sharing it? And also how things build, you know, the more work you put in, the better things happen, like the failures lead to the successes, you know, uh, hanging in there when all you want to do is quit. I, I think all of those are really fascinating questions. So I love the do- documentation of anything creative. So I'll leave you with that. You guys, um, and uh, I'll try to answer as many DMs as I can on Instagram. I'm so behind on a lot of things, and that's why I need to take a week off as well just because everything's just adding up. So I love you guys. I hope you are good out there. I hope you're good. I hope you're enjoying your families, your husbands, your wives, your children, your boyfriends, your one-night stands, your two-night stands, your uh, just uh, your F buddies, your food, your music, your wine, your water. Just enjoy all of it. I hope you guys do that this weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Load the car and write the note Grab your bag and grab your coat Tell the ones that need to know We are headed north One foot in, one foot back But it don't pay to 
live like that So I cut the ties and I jump the tracks For never to return Oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, take me in I 
and love and you I and love and you Batches